after Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Uh, happy end of 2020. Everything is going to go back to normal on January 1st. Clock hits midnight. The virus is gone. Boom. We're good. I've changed from the uh, the Lord Red-Eyed Grinch now to the Blue-Eyed Grinch. And I've, I've discovered the true meaning of Christmas. And I can't wait until everybody else's eyes turn blue as mine have. Talk about a glow up. It's It's true. Uh, well, everybody, uh, this is a little bit of a different thing this week. We got an episode of Fire Bros we're going to give to you for free. See if you like it. Happy Christmas. Hope you this like is, it. This is your present from us to you, from our kitchen to your house. And uh, again, I want to say uh, to wrap this up, this is the last episode of 2020, or at least the last time you'll be hearing our voices on a new episode. I want to say thank you to everybody who has supported us uh, in any fashion, whether that's financially or you just listen to us. Uh, this year fucking sucked. Yeah. It was very hard and difficult to deal with. Right. And if I'm going to be honest, there was a lot of times I didn't feel like doing this at all. There's a lot of times I didn't want to record or do a podcast or do anything or get out of bed. Yeah. But you know what? There was moments where I had to tell myself, you know what? Some people do look forward to this. And that's one one aspect, I think, especially of the Discord, um, which if you're not in the Discord, I, I can't recommend it enough. We've created our own small little microcosm of a community, and that has been a heartening thing for people to be like, you know, uh, especially as the lockdowns have been happening and stuff like that. It's just like, sometimes... Uh, the people on the Discord are the only people that we talk to, and it's you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's sad, but it's it's true. It's I don't just think like it's a, sad. I think it's I, nice. It's sad in the way that it's like, yeah, life is not normal anymore. You yeah, know, and you spend all your time talking to random people on the internet instead of going out and doing stuff like that. But it's 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 good to know that like there's people out there that are interacting, you know, through this weird silly show that we've done you know as a result of it and that it's like mostly positive i mean we don't have any weirdos that are lurking around or anything yeah not anymore not anymore we got rid of the freaks that you're welcome but no really uh guys it really means a lot seriously uh gives us something to do at the very least and something to focus on i feel like the the mental energy of focusing on having a project to do constantly is keeps you on track you know right right and it's like you can't get out and do stand-up you can't get out and do a whole lot of anything so it's like we're just gonna fucking double down and right keep you guys company because like i said if this means something to anyone i'm doing it right exactly yeah uh so yeah we're gonna follow up here with an episode of fire bros our spin-off podcast uh if you feel like supporting the show on patreon get more episodes of this show uh patreon.com slash thought cops Fire Bros is a spin-off podcast where we like to review different kinds of media and decide whether or not to burn or save it or just uh, shelf it if we're feeling kind of so-so on it. Right. I I always pitch it to people as it's the it's the the yin to the yang or whatever the opposite um, because Thought Cops is so inherently negative. We talk about things <laughs> online that are bad that we don't want to talk about. Yeah. These are things that we want to talk about. Like we want to see a movie and we want to talk about what we saw, what we thought about the movie, what we thought about this TV show. We want to either, you know, rip it to shreds or gush about it. But it's just like it's it's a little bit more laid back. It's more conversational. It's not so like news heavy. It's just like, yeah. OK, here's what we thought about the newest Star Wars movie. Here's what we thought about, you know, Breaking Bad or this is what we thought about Better Call Saul or this is what we thought about uh, some video game. That other examples. Yeah, other examples. Other incredible examples. 
Uh, and one of my favorite things to do pre-quar, uh, pre-quarantine, right, was going to the movies with my friends and standing outside the theater afterwards and talking about the movie loudly so people who, <laughs> who haven't seen it yet could be spoiled. No, I, I try to get my voice down, but I really did enjoy the discussions we would have with our friends, typically at Logan Theater, we'd go to and talk about what we just saw. And this is an episode we recorded with our friend Josh, aka Sleep Science, who is often there with us seeing movies with our group of friends talking about it. So, uh, yeah, thanks to Josh for doing this episode with us. Uh, he's been on a bunch of the Fire Bros episodes, a good portion of them. And he's also in the Discord. You probably know him there if you're in there. It's it's a it's a funnily enough just a, a perfect fit. He is like a, a very strongly opinionated on per uh, bleh, bleh. he's a very strongly opinionated person on a lot of these topics, and it's like that's the type of people you want to have discussions about these types of things with, is because it's like oh the guy actually cares about. So what what do we talk about this month or this episode we put out? So this episode of Fire Bros is uh, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Better Call Saul Season 5, the movie Tenet, and uh, Feels Good Man. You know what? I didn't like all of those things now that I'm looking back on it, but that's part of the fun. Right, you know? right. So stick around, find out, and see what we thought about that stuff, and enjoy. See you, Space Cop. fire bros uh the only podcast where uh when we feel like it we talk about uh certain types of media and then we decide whether or not to uh burn it is the gimmick or add it to the library of regress that's right i'm fire bro grant with me is uh well you you do your introduction i'm fire bro kevin that's me great uh and with us what do you go by what what's Sleep science or Josh. I'm going to call you Josh. Yeah. It's oh, easier. Okay. Less syllables. You've ha- been on these before, right? You've been on the Fire Bros. Oh, yeah. This is, I think, my were you fourth. On thought, thought Cops or you were never no. on a Thought Cop? I've never been a Thought Cop or on a Thought Cop. Oh, that's too bad. Or with a Thought Cop. You've been featured and, in and our... none of those will ever happen. Sorry <laughs> to say. <laughs> you do you one better. You got featured in our video for uh, a great bit. Yeah, that was fun. We just did that uh, a couple nights ago. That yeah. was Over fun to film. 200 people saw you walk back and forth with a microphone. How does that feel? Uh, pretty great. Pretty wow. great. I'm blowing up. People are DMing me. They're like, can we get you in our next project? And you don't use Twitter, so you're like, I'd, I'll check this in six months. Yeah, they're DMing me on Discord. That's All where right. they know they can find me there. That's true. 
Didn't know Spielberg was in the server. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Spielberg, who makes Spielberg, movies, uh, movies. About them. what do you want to start with? Uh, you said you just watched Star Wars today, right? I did. Let's do that. Sorry. <laughs> for, it was my second time seeing it. Yeah. I saw this for the first time, but this is Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker. That, is that what it's called? Yeah. I can never remember. It has the most forgettable fucking title <laughs> of all it's time. It's Rise of the Skywalker. Is it really? <laughs> I think so. Who the fuck cares? With the Rise of Skywalker? I, I think it's just Rise of Skywalker. I could be wrong. I forgettable movie we gotta know <laughs> so so i was the first person out of the three of us to see this then no i saw it in theaters when it came out yeah that was the first time I okay saw it. so you and i probably saw it about the same time um and i saw it a month ago a month ago yeah. yeah because i was uh i saw it in colorado i was up visiting my sister and my sister and her husband are big like just let's go to the movies people like i don't even care if it's good she likes chick flicks he likes big explosions. Oh! It's, it, they just watch like the worst shit, and they're like, "Yeah, let's go see Star Wars." And I was like, "Can we not see like I think Uncut Gems had just come out?" And I'm like, "Can we please see Uncut Gems?" I would so, like they would have loved that. Maybe it hadn't come out yet or something. Um, but there was there was like something else that was in the theater that I was like, "Can we please see this?" I don't want to see Star Wars, and they're like, "No, let's see Star Wars." I I I bought like a fucking bottle of edibles and I was just like popping them all week and like for some reason maybe I'd just taken too many but they did nothing watching this movie. I was just fucking stuck in my seat just witnessing it, not having any fun. Now talk about your experiences. I um I wouldn't say I was excited for this movie, but I was like, yeah, I want to see that. I I I like the original trilogy. I think they're a fun series of adventure movies, not to be taken super seriously. Uh, My the, Star Wars. Yeah, the original prequels are fine, I guess. I, I haven't seen them in a very long time. The third one was bad. The second one, I'm iffy on. The first one, like... I, I, uh, I like the okay. first one. I yeah, I like the first one, too. Going back to it, it's sort of like I've like the rose-tinted lens of like, yeah, I liked this when I was a kid. I mean, the people who complain about it were like, this is too fucking, it's not serious enough. And it's like, it's Star Wars. Right. It's a, it's a kid's movie. Stop bullying the kid that played <laughs> Anakin, please. Like, I wouldn't even call it a kid's movie. I feel like it's something that transcends age to some extent. It's just a fun space adventure. Uh, and I, I liked The Force Awakens. I'm like, however, my contingency for that was... I'm going to wait because it was so similar to episode four. I'm like, okay, right, maybe this is right. like a, a soft reboot. Like they're bringing us in. They're going to do some weird shit later on. Uh, Last Jedi was the second one, I think. Yeah. In that trilogy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I thought that was all right. I didn't know what to think of it for a little while. Right. But I certainly. Some people thought it was a complete <laughs> cinematic failure. And a lot of those people who thought that were like, again, these people who were like, how, how could they, she's supposed to be a, a, a Skywalker and they're supposed to be lineage and it's just like they want <laughs> the same fucking experience. Right. And like no nuance. So, I mean, it wasn't great. There was definitely some hokey mo moments, but it had, it had some solid moments. And then this one, this was a big wet fucking fart. <laughs> Like, I, I I didn't see it in theaters because I heard so many people say it was bad, like, unanimously. And yeah. I was surprised at how many, even the hardcore Star Wars fans that I knew, for the most part, 
were saying like, yeah, it was really disappointing. And I'm like, wow. I mean, if they don't like it, I mean, that doesn't bode well for me. We walked out of the theater and like the group that was in front of us, this one like older woman was like talking, talking to her family or whatever. And she was like, that was awesome. And I was like, no, ma'am, you are fucking idiot. Very mistaken. And then, stupid bitch. Like we, uh, me and my sister and her husband, uh, we all got into the car and I was like, that was like one of the worst movies I think I've ever seen. And he like, uh, my sister's husband, John, he has a name. Uh, it's John. He, John was like, uh, Damn, it, it wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. And I was like, it was bad. It was terrible. Josh. Yeah, I think when I walked out of it the first time, I was disappointed, but I didn't hate it. But watching it again today, I liked it so much less. It, I found myself having a hard time with big, big stretches of it. Um, like, I'm not going to go as far to say as I absolutely hate it, but it's definitely my least favorite of either the original trilogy or this trilogy. I think it's a horrible conclusion to this trilogy in I, so many ways. It was a horrible movie. It felt like we missed like three or four movies between this one and the last one. <laughs> like, well, it, do you it, remember? We talked about it, I think, a little on Thought Cops, but like they kept retconning storylines and they're like, yeah. actually in the book. And it's like, put it in the fucking movie. You can't say, oh, there was this whole storyline with uh, Ray and uh, fucking Darth Vader Jr. Uh, and they, they fell in love, but then they fell out of love, and then the kiss at the end made sense contextually. It's like, <laughs> then, then put that in the movie. You just like... There was this weird romantic subplot that, like, nobody fucking knew about. And they're like, oh, well, what did the kiss mean? Was it, like, a, a romantic <laughs> thing or was it a symbolic gesture? And it's just like, why is this even, like, up for debate? You didn't even, like, plant the subtext for it to, like, mean anything. Finn's romantic interests, like, have no consistencies. Like, it's different in all three of the movies. In the first one, he's into Ray. In the second one, they set up Rose. And then in this one, there's that new girl from, like, the oh, tribe. Man, I forgot about that. <laughs> and, like, none of them go anywhere. <laughs> Uh, he, uh, the actor John Boyega. Boyega is also like very, very viscerally upset about like everything that happened with the trilogy. He's like outspoken yeah. about just like, yeah, he's like, yeah, how come every uh, every black character in a uh, major motion picture is always just screaming and running around and scared? And he's like. That's what my character turned into. It was sort of cool at first, seeing like, oh, the, it, he's a he's a um, a stormtrooper that's gone rogue. Something might happen. That he is a lightsaber. What's gonna happen? Is he sort of like just a normal guy that just sort of takes up the mantle and becomes a Jedi on his own with no training? No, that's not what happened at all. He's just a screaming black guy. Like, like the more I think back on Force Awakens, I would say I thought it was good. Like I it had, it was a nice reintroduction in the series. It I didn't was, hate it. Like the characters were, I thought all the new fine. characters were likable. Like I, I, I thought they were in this one. Like they just like dragged them through this muck. I like 
both the first two movies in the trilogy. I think Force Awakens isn't super interesting, but it's a very competent movie. It does, it gets the job done of introducing like new characters, new elements for the new trilogy while still like justifying a connection to the original trilogy and being like, there's enough of the DNA of the original trilogy there to be like, this makes sense as a continuation. I think Last Jedi is great. I think it's far from a perfect movie. It's very flawed, but I still like it a lot. And I think it does a really good job of being like, here's the new elements that were introduced in the first movie. Now we're going to like explore some new ideas, take them in some new different directions. So we're not just like repeating the stuff from the original trilogy. Which (laughs) like makes sense because The Force Awakens, like Kevin said, was like, episode four right. it was episode yeah. like beat for beat it was episode four and like i can forgive that because it's like well you're doing a new trill but I, th- I think the biggest problem i have with this trilogy is there was no continuity they had no idea yes. what they were doing if you're going to make a three movie trilogy maybe have some plans written out like mm-hmm. maybe maybe write your own fucking like silmarillion or some shit like not not to the extent that fucking um what's his name um george rr R. martin no i'm kidding mm-hmm. uh, what why J- J- uh, lucas george no not george lucas the guy who wrote the fucking uh lord of the rings shit why oh, tolkien tolkien yeah um like d- don't do a whole silmarillion or whatever the fuck but like write out fucking backstory do like this one's this movie and then this one's this movie and then this one's this movie but instead they're just like eh, we're gonna do a couple different directors a couple different writers like uh and then we're gonna we're gonna start very formulaic and then we're gonna throw everything off the rails and then the third movie we're gonna retcon when we threw everything off the rails yeah like the last movie Ta-da! last jedi ended on a cliffhanger there was like the code breaker this and that who never fucking showed up in this movie all Mm -hmm. this stuff just never returned and like rose was just completely written off basically like it was just so like it was shockingly bad just the opening where it's like palpatine is back and it's like what yeah no bill just like here here he is that's easily the worst thing about this movie in my opinion is that they just throw that element in there and it it doesn't work in any way. It's not set up by either of the previous two movies. It's just so jarring and it doesn't work for the just, plot. It didn't build up to it. It wasn't like a thing that like it wasn't a thing that you felt like either movie was like, oh, t- something's happening. So we need uh, like we need to take down this one guy or like there was never there's there was the thing with the snoke thing but then it was just like oh well he's dead or whatever and oh but he's been manufacturing snokes and it's just like this (laughs) what is this no there's there's context so palpatine had a broadcast that was heard in the Fortnite x star wars collaborative event (laughs) it was canonically mentioned in the 2019 film star wars episode 9 rise of skywalker again more homework (laughs) more homework i don't i don't know what that's about (laughs) that's how this is serious that's how they led into episode 9 was palpatine (laughs) with a Fortnite event like you could not think of a worse fucking thing in the world i mean this is embarrassing (laughs) dude and just like 
here's here's the thing with so Ray Ray is a Palpatine or whatever the fuck, right? Sure, at man. first they're Stupid like, at first sucks. they're like, you're nobody. Mm-hmm. Shut up, bitch, you're nobody. And then they're like, actually, uh, Palpatine's still alive. And it's like the the thing with Emperor Palpatine in the the original trilogy is he wasn't a very interesting character. He was an ominous being that was pulling the strings from behind everything. And you know that he was important, but like the the story wasn't about like, oh, the the all powerful evil emperor. It was just like, well, yeah, he's there. He's the bad guy. But like the story was like Luke's journey and then like Darth Vader and like those two reconciling and then like that coming to a conclusion. And that's interesting. Dark cloaked figure is not interesting. He wasn't interesting in the prequels, really. Like, oh, he gets deformed because of the force lightning, not just like he's really old. Yeah. And then the same thing with this. Just like what's special about him that you need to bring him back is the main bad guy for the third time. He's not that fucking interesting. I I think they just didn't know or at least J.J. Abrams didn't know what else to do because he wasn't, I think, tuned (laughs) into the things that were introduced in The Last Jedi. He didn't he wasn't in a position to like flesh out those things further because he wasn't invested in them. And instead he was like, you know what? Fuck all of it. You got to bring the ship back. You got to fucking adapt. Well, I mean, the original director for this movie was supposed to be the guy who did Jurassic World. Thank God. It was supposed to be a three person job. But then they ended up like ditching him and going back to Abrams, which I almost feel like threw it off more. I actually don't know if that would have been better or worse. If they had kept that director, because I hate the Jurassic World movie. I never, I never saw them. They're um, so bad. The second one is. If you think this movie um, was imagine, bad. imagine Ray riding a motorcycle and there's three droids <laughs> following her. <sighs> there was just, I mean, they also, I mean, I, I do feel like they, like I'm not, I, a lot of people were like, oh, are Finn and uh, Poe gay? <laughs> right, and it seemed like that could have been possible, you know. And then they just sort of like Poe had this like force, like like oh, it's my old flame, and just like this yes. character you don't care it's, about. Yeah, it's queer baiting. It, they just like they. It was so like uh, like we're supposed to care about this moment, and like she's on screen for like a minute and a half, and then she comes <laughs> back for like a minute and a half, and it's like this like sorrowful goodbye at the end. It just like we never like she was on screen for four minutes of the whole movie. Like it was <laughs> mm-hmm. embarrassing. Right. Completely embarrassing. It's like Mike from Red Letter Media calls, he says, uh, the not gays. You have mm-hmm. to, I think that's what he calls it, where it's like you always have to have some kind of love interest for every male character just to quell the idea that they might be gay. Well, and the, the thing is, like, um, these movies make so much money overseas and there's so many countries where like if you put a gay character in it like uh i think that that was an issue with the chinese marketing for the fact that they had a black character in a star wars movie is that they wrote out a lot of finn so that they could like sell it to china because china's not mm. accepting of that and i also assume that like they're not so accepting of gay people so if they were like oh actually they are gay and it's just like it makes sense for the story but you can't like sell to other countries because they're not accepting of it. It's like, well, you just lost five hundred billion dollars because of a bad decision or whatever the fuck. It like so that they had a they had their cake and they ate it too because there's a a, a two kiss between women in the background of a scene at the very end, right? Which right. was cut from the Chinese release. Yeah. A fucking joke. Yeah, I agree with you though that 
they put them in a weird position with Last Jedi because they did a lot of things that like took it off the rails. Personally, I like the ways that that movie went off the rails. Yeah. And I really think it gave them a great opportunity. Like they had the opportunity to make a really great third movie. All they had to do was take the elements that had been established in Last Jedi, take those ideas, flesh them out further and create just an organic conclusion. But instead, they just threw all of these new, ridiculous ideas in and just completely confused and muddled the plot. I mean, for no good reason. It was a big cash cow for Disney. Disney spent a lot of money buying Star Wars. They released a, they released now, you know, three, or well, no, more than three Star Wars movies, like three mainline Star Wars movies, two other Star Wars movies, and then like the TV TV show. And it's like, so they have a lot riding on it. And I think that when you have so much money that you've invested that you don't want to blow. And like, I think that the three main ones did pretty well. I don't know if Rogue One did very well. I think the Han Solo movie made its money back, but like, I heard yeah. it wasn't great. Not the, great. Both yeah. critically and financially. Um, yeah. And so it's it was like, better than this movie. <laughs> I think that they're thinking like, Hey, if we like tank this franchise, like we're fucked, you know? Like, well, and they're kind of fucked already, (laughs) even though they sort of did well, like they're looking at it from the perspective of like, well, maybe we don't touch like the Skywalker storyline anymore Mm -hmm. because I think people are kind of sick of it. And I think that they're right in assuming that. Well, the Mandalorian started like before the release of this movie and concluded after it came out. And I think that had really good reception. So that kind of salvaged the brand for them. I'll be honest. The Mandalorian is one of the few like Star Wars enterprises anymore that like I give a fuck about. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do want to say, well, the main things that really sucked about this movie were like the pacing is just ridiculous especially the first like 45 minutes or so like things just keep happening it's one after another and you don't get a rest it's just like action scene action scene action scene and then even the scenes where people are like talking there's like this crazy score going on and it doesn't let the movie breathe at all it's just like you need to feel the emotions. <laughs> yeah, and I also felt like there were some cool set pieces and settings, like the set, the festival they go to on that one planet. I'm like, oh, this seems kind of new. I like this. This is creative. There's good visuals. Yeah, in and the then movie. like they're there for like two and a half minutes, and <laughs> <laughs> and then they it gets overshadowed by some stupid fucking Kylo and Ray scene. All right, well we gotta leave now. They're <laughs> communicating back and forth through the fucking teleweb or whatever the fuck like what well it was a continuation because they did that in last jedi but but it it wasn't as good in this movie i hate it yeah it was it was i i I liked in the last one this one was just i'm gonna make a lightsaber appear in your hand there were there were a couple scenes in this movie that i could say that i liked i did like the part where ray accidentally blows up the ship that they think Chewbacca's in. I don't oh, like that God. they, like, reversed that. But right. when you think that he is dead, I think it's a pretty cool scene. Can I just talk about that for a second? Like, Chewbacca leaves, and, like, no joke, 10 seconds later, he's captured. Yeah. <laughs> he just, like, runs off, and then you see him captured. It's just like they, like you said, they're just trying to cram as much action in yeah. as possible. Mm-hmm. They're just like, we gotta move the story along. And it's just like, yeah, just give it a second. Give it some time. Let the characters interact. Like, this is what people like about movies is like 
seeing the interplay of some of these things. Like, you don't need 17 big action scenes. Maybe you just need two or three. Like, mm-hmm. in the original Star Wars movie in Episode Four, there was one lightsaber fight. You really? don't mm-hmm. need... 12 fucking like it doesn't need to happen all the fucking time like give it some fucking room yes yeah, let the characters interact yeah the only action scene in this one that i really liked was i think the lightsaber duel between ray and kylo wait really quick josh it was did, interesting did you yeah. really think chewbacca was dead during that scene no it's uh, when i first believe. saw it right, when yeah, i first you, saw it i yeah i thought really? he you might thought be he I, w- I, I wasn't positive but i Josh, wasn't a fictional character i wasn't like oh no he's definitely not dead i was like i guess huh. I, yeah i was like yeah he's not, they're not they didn't fucking <laughs> kill him off so unceremoniously you know anyway um the yeah the only other big thing i have on this list of things that i like to and may- this is in the maybe category, actually, because maybe I did like this about it, but maybe I didn't. Okay. You can actually hear the dialogue. <laughs> okay. You can hear when people are saying things. I did, I did like point. that. I didn't know that was a category I had I to. like that that happens in movies. <laughs> yeah. No, I now know that's something I, ha- I, ca- I can't take for granted, which I suppose we'll get to in a bit. Right. Man, there, there were some things that, like, um, I'm going to set this on a different episode of Fire Bros, but... um. There was an element of this movie where, like, when I was younger and I was playing with toys, you know, I'm, like, eight years old and I get my big box of toys. And they're all from, like, different enterprises. Like, it's like, oh, I have the 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 fucking, I have a Power Ranger and a dinosaur and a Toy Story toy. And, they like, you're making up, like, yeah. what they're doing and shit yeah. like that. There are elements of this movie that remind me of that like childlike innocence of just like we're gonna uh, there's emperor palpatine well guess what there's a thousand emperor palpatines (laughs) like that childish mentality of just like yeah uh uh, all these dark hooded cloaked figures just in in the room and it's like who the fuck are these guys what is this and i mean that can be played off well but this movie did not. They're just like, oh, do that. Uh, I'm going to release my fleet. And it's just like a billion Star Destroyers. And it's just like, what is it? What is, it even is this? Yeah, I will What's say. What's the point of it? And like the, the whole thing with like, oh, and then she she defeats Palpatine. And then just every ship blows up. And it's just like, dude, come on. Like, this is me playing with toys when I'm a child. And also like one of the most embarrassing scenes in the movie was uh, what's his name that redheaded guy on the oh hawks yeah where he just goes i'm the traitor and like it, he just like <laughs> fucking like is gone again two minutes later it just was like it it was like there was like no context no build-up nothing and it was just mm-hmm. like oh i don't even know what's happening right now because there's so much happening yeah or like she fights her shadow oh. self for like she's got the dark Maul lightsaber two and a half seconds and it's just like again one, this is very childish. Like, just, oh, look. And two, it happens so quickly. And three, it's like you could make that work. You could make that work, but you didn't. Because you, there, just no... There was no purpose of fucking any of it. Like, And her character, the whole movie, all she did, like 80% of her dialogue was just grunting. <gasps> yeah, she was a <gasps> lot better in the previous two movies. Yeah, they, She was so bad in this movie. Like, really fucking bad. To what you were saying, though, Grant, I probably would have eaten this up as a kid. As a kid, I probably would have fucking loved this. 
Yeah, I mean, but I... It's possible. It's possible. I, I just, I feel like even kids have a have a nose for this kind of bullshit. Yeah, like, you know? I mean, when episode two came out in 2002, what, how old was I? I was like 11, 12, something like yeah, that. Yeah, same. That was like around the time where like, I really liked episode one. Episode two came out and I was like, it's Star Wars. I'm supposed to like it. But Yoda fights! Same. I, the Yoda fight scene was like, like my 12-year-old brain or whatever was like, this is kind of dumb. You By know, the time, that's like around the time when I was like, ah, I, I don't think that it's good, you know? By the time episode two came out, I think even at that age, I had already started to sour on episode one, and I wasn't yeah. even, like, clued into, like, the internet going right, crazy right. over it or anything. Just, I remember I had seen episode one probably, like, a dozen times by oh, then, sure, yeah. and I was like, you know what? I'm sick of this movie. This movie's dumb. I don't <laughs> and then. Go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, and then I didn't like episode two, and then I remember when I saw episode three, I was like, okay, that was all right. I actually rewatched the prequels last year, and I will say, like, I will still take this movie over any of them. I think you could maybe make an argument for episode three over over it. Yeah. I think episode one and two are, like, intolerable. I will say... I can't watch them anymore. I will never watch those movies again. I think in... In the order that they came out, they got worse and worse. Like one, I thought was like serviceable. It was like what, whatever. It was. I thought it was like good. You know, two was sort of like when I started falling off of it. Three, when I was watching three, I was just like, I, I don't think I like Star Wars anymore. Like that I, was my thought process with those. I kind of want to rewatch three because I, I last saw it when it was in theaters. I personally think it holds up. The best of them. I think the first two are just it, so fucking cringy. I think it's the opposite of what you're saying, but... Um, I mean, that's I c- fair. I could also be wrong. I don't think but, any um, of them are good movies, <laughs> I, for the I record. Would rather watch, I think I would rather watch all of the prequel movies again. The, and uh, I think that the biggest thing with the prequel movies is that there was, like, a, a trajectory for them. There was, like, a succinct plot. Like, yeah. they weren't good in terms of, like, execution, but, like they were a story it's like the end point is always darth vader happens like that's the end point of the prequels with this it was just like uh we we don't know where we're going with it we don't know what the fuck's happening and like i i seriously think that uh this last one the the one that we're talking about whatever the fuck it's called the rise of skywalker um i think it's like the worst movie in the entire like nine i would agree yeah yeah i i would say oh i have to rewatch the prequels but i'm also like I really want to even spend my time doing I, I don't, don't fucking care. Having, I don't having care. watched them last year, I I can't imagine taking episode one or two over this one. But that's me. I, I just find those movies to be I just I, I think the first one is just so there's so much cringe in it, and then the second one is boring as fuck. The second one was boring. And again, like yeah, oh, as yeah. a as a twelve year old, I was just like, eh, they have lightsabers, I'm supposed to like it, but like this this is I think acting makes a huge difference for me. Like, when there's bad acting, there's nothing that ruins a movie more for me. And the acting in the prequels is yeah. is, is just so bad. Don't like and the it. direction. The direction well, is also yeah. awful. And I'm like, you've seen the Red Letter Media like takedowns behind the scenes stuff like mm-hmm. the behind- i still i gotta watch those yet. yeah i i really it's to. interesting because so much of what they did 
like from a behind the scenes standpoint makes so much sense because it's like yeah they were in big green screen rooms yeah like delivering flat lines not interacting with any of the background and then they were just like oh and then look it's coruscant in the background instead of it being like uh, like in the the original one it was like everything was shot on set and it was like they built the sets and it was like they were working with jim henson and like they had yeah, like real live puppets way. and shit like that and everything was just cgi and it's just like you can tell like they're they're in a blank room that they painted mm-hmm. you know real quick to, on the note of puppets though i want to say like one of the best things about last jedi was when they had that brief yoda ghost it was yeah, the like puppet that. yoda right and i was like that's so mm-hmm. cool and then uh, but i was gonna add, like to wrap this one up what did you guys think of the ending of rise of skywalker oh where she gets the uh the dlc item at the end and then she says uh i'm skywalker whatever uh yeah i'm <laughs> ray skywalker i think it would have been the yellow lightsaber and it's like oh yeah your dlc item your post-game dlc item came in so there's that old woman that's like who are you and she's like i'm ray and she's like ray who and she's like ray skywalker and it just would have been so good if it cut back to her that old woman and she's just like okay yeah. like what <laughs> yeah, oh, whatever yeah, and she I just walks the- away <laughs> it reminds me of the the john mulaney joke about uh amnesia and like people who wake up in a hospital with amnesia go who are you (laughs) and it's like that's not how you talk to people like if someone came up to me and was like oh hey john how are you doing i'd be like hey man uh, not bad how about yourself and like you you never admit that you don't know someone like so being like who are you it's just like what the fuck do you care also what, what kind of lesson is that for kids like never give your name to a stranger you know? <laughs> but i thought it was so flat it was like there was the nostalgia bait oh the two sons whatever and then you know even in return of the jedi the last like the end there was like the all like oh it's like darth vader's ghost we get to see what he looked like as a per- normal person and like right. all these people and it was just like luke and leia and it was just so lazy it was like so lazy hmm. anyway uh i for well and uh what's his name is oh no never i'm thinking of something else never mind well Should i we- i can honestly say this was the best episode of impy and chimpy that i've ever seen <laughs> I don't even understand what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Flanders walking out of the theater. (laughs) (laughs) It's usually one of the best lines from the Simpsons. Anyway, back to something we don't like. Uh, Ratings. (laughs) I, this is an easy burn it for me. Burn the fuck out of this. Invent a real life lightsaber and like (laughs) use it to destroy every copy of this movie that exists. Yeah, I can't possibly argue against burning this. Go for it. Anyway, uh, we were talking about prequels earlier. Let's talk about a good prequel. Better Call Saul Season 5. Hell yeah. It's the most recent one. Um, I think to catch back up, we've only talked about Season 3 or 4. We did both. We did both? Yeah. Did we do both? I only remember talking about one of them. I could be wrong. I mean, I know. I I feel like we did three. I don't remember if we did four or not. uh, Well, I'm sure people... Eagle, eagle-eyed listeners will know. The I own that Ronner will be like, yeah. actually. Yeah, thank you for knowing my life better than I do. <laughs> uh, so Better Call Saul Season 5. This is a show where, I mean, like Breaking Bad is yada, yada, yada. One of my favorite things ever. 
And I feel like every time Better Call Saul comes back, I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get it. It's on and I'll get to it. And I usually wait till the season's over or I catch up partway through. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to watch it. There's a handful of episodes. Then I sit down and watch them and I'm like, this is one of the best shows of all fucking time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck was I dragging my heels on? And I feel like I actually have been rewatching Breaking Bad recently. Same. And there is even moments where I'm like, I don't know. I kind of do think that Better Call Saul's better. And I, 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 I also felt like I felt, and I, it's so hard to say. It's like weird to say the spinoff is better, but I mean, it just has more room to breathe. Like I was watching Breaking Bad, like season two. Like he gets so attached to uh, Jane, he knows it for half a season. She dies. Like oh, I loved her more than anything. I mean, it's like it, I get it. There. It's a fast-paced show to some right. extent, and like a lot of shows do drag their feet, but it was hard to just, like, I, I was like, right after this, I watched this season, and just, like, the build-up of, like, previous seasons with Chuck, and it's like, yeah, the show could be slow as fuck at times, but those moments, especially, like, this season delivered on so much, where right. it was, like, the waiting and, like, just the living with these moments was, like, made so much of the fucked-up shit so fucked up. I feel like there's a lot more like just depth to it because like you said it's like yeah you you see jane's in the show for like four episodes you know yeah. and maybe when i the first time i watched it it's like oh well yeah i know that's devastating and you watch it the second time and it's just like all these things are happening so much faster and the the thing with walt is walt is sort of like he's he's interesting i, I think that uh i watched an interview with vince gilligan where he's like uh Every character has to have a logic. Like all of the side characters, like uh, uh, Walt's wife, um, Skyler. Skyler has to. She has to have a logic as to. She can't just decide that she's going to go along with what Walt's doing. She has to like find her way there. Every character has to find their way there, except for like Walt can do whatever the fuck he wants, you know. And like it, there's a certain level of like, yeah, of course he he should take the car back to the dealership. And he just, like, blows it up, like, in mm-hmm. in his own logic, like, it makes sense that, like, whatever, but, like, his trajectory was, like, he was always going to become the bad guy, like, that was from episode one, is he's going to become the bad guy, but with Saul, it's, like, I don't know if he's the bad guy or the good guy, and there's a lot of wiggle room for him to play around, like, we know that he's sneaky, but it's, like, what is his overall trajectory? Like, we see what happens to him in Breaking Bad, and we see, like, as the episodes progress, like, where his character arc sort of going. But it's, like, a lot more interesting to see, like, what choice is he going to make? Because we don't know that he's going to, like, do the good thing or the bad thing every single time because True. that's where his character's going. It's just, like, he's going to make the decision based on, like, a a bunch of different things and like what does it take for him to sort of get there you know and i would say too like the like i was like debating like oh should i watch saul before because i'm watching with my girlfriend and she never seen breaking bad and i was like oh should we watch like saul first then like breaking bad but then i was like i I really do feel like saul is essential to watch after breaking bad especially because of those like open credit like those like season openers which take place afterwards right but not to mention it's almost like the show there's certain tragedy to it where it's like you see him like you know how he ends up and you mm-hmm. see him like trying to fight against it so many times and it's right. like those moments of him doing good we're like yeah man you got you got, it's like the, a lot of the shows about like for all the characters like, accepting who you are and that's the thing like it happens like, like mike struggles with that a lot in the show like 
like Gus knows himself pretty well, but like Saul is like he's just like trying like he's like trying to do the right thing. He's got his brother on the his right back, things you know? for the wrong reasons or the wrong things for the right reasons, and like there it, there's a lot of mess with it. You like know? he's fighting his nature. His nature is to be a trickster and a cheat right. and stuff. And like you can tell, like he really prefers to do that and he does the right thing but you can tell he's like not happy when he does it right and then it's like this thing is like man you just got to accept you're a bad person <laughs> like right yeah it's like fucked up yeah i don't think you could confidently say that he's the good guy or a good guy but yeah he's definitely not evil like he right, has right. plenty of good instincts and like compassionate instincts mm-hmm. but but he has them in a weird yeah. way for, like, the wrong people. Like, right. he has an affinity for, like, fuck-ups. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because he was a fuck-up. And he's, like, there, there. he has a certain mentality where it's, like, well, I want to, you know, this girl that, like, didn't get the scholarship. And w- was that this season or previous season? That was, like, or, season two or three. Because I'd, I'd, like, rewatched a couple of them with my mom. And uh, season two or three, there's the girl that doesn't get the scholarship. And he's, like she yeah she fucked up in the past but we got to give her a chance and everyone's like no and he's just like this is this is Mm -hmm. like me you know yeah like they're not giving her a chance they're not giving me a chance these people fucking hate me and it's like right there's a lot of yeah he's a compassionate person and he does he's like fighting for the wrong side because there's like something for him to gain out of it you know yeah no matter how much he tries to like overcome his past and prove that he can be better everyone in his life like his brother right uh the people that he works for like nobody gives him the benefit of the doubt everyone just tells him that he can never become better than who he is right and they're they're kind of right though they are but that's the interesting thing though is like by virtue of them not giving him a chance are they forcing him into becoming saul right or is he like destined to become saul and it's like it's a little of both but it's interesting to see how it plays out like he wouldn't be such like a retaliatory asshole right. if his brother wasn't like an unaccepting, unloving dick to him. But also, like his brother loves him a lot, and like he knows that he's like a trickster. So he's trying in his own way to do his best, like his but, best yeah, for him, but protect him in a way he too. Can't be, you know. Like, yeah, I think his ambition changes from trying to prove himself as better to these people to just trying to to just hating them and wanting to right do everything different and better than them basically and to speak of the other characters in the show uh mike you know he's like so like season four ended with him uh having to kill Werner, right and sort of solidifying his relationship with gus because he's sort of like a lone operative before and he gets sort of solidified with Gus in season four. And this season, it's like we see much more of like how Mike and Gus are in Breaking Bad. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, employer and boss. And they, and there's a lot of really interesting moments in them. I do feel like sometimes, and look, you see like Mike is picking fights and shit and getting the fucking like shit kicked out of him and yeah. stuff, which is like weird because you never really like see him act like that in Breaking Bad, and which is interesting. It's like, oh, wow, this is like adds a lot more depth to you yeah. know, like what we already knew. Um, and I do think like sometimes in the show, I do feel like they're not hundred percent sure what to do with Gus. Like, I feel like he does, like he has, like he had some great moments, like he had to burn down the, uh, the restaurant and stuff. But I, I do feel like there are times where he doesn't 
seemed to, like he just sort of like um i don't know do, what do you guys I mean, think i think he's one of, oh sorry no you go ahead i was just gonna say i think he's one of the few characters who's his character and his personality is already set in stone even before this show starts because he's already had the incident where like his partner gets right. killed by the cartel yeah and i think that sets him like on his trajectory of just like i have a mission and i'm doing it no matter what the expense right and they even say in season, I think the final season of Breaking Bad, when like Walt has his own like criminal empire, he's no longer working for Gus and stuff like that. And Mike says to, uh, Mike says to Walt, like Gus spent thirty years like creating a business and creating his drug empire and doing all this shit and like finally getting his revenge at the end and like you come into town and you you think uh he, he says something along the lines of like you shot jesse james but you're not yeah. fucking jesse james yeah. like and but that was like gus's thing is like he spent 30 years like playing the game of like taking punches when he needed to take punches and like coming out ahead when he felt like he had a little bit of wiggle room and so i think i think it's interesting to see him have to navigate that because like in Breaking Bad, we see him carry out what he's been wanting to carry out for the past 30 years. But it's like you get to see how he has to get there. And it's like we know he prevails, but it's like, you know, that is true. Certain that, things yeah. like, yeah, letting the restaurant burn down and stuff like that. That like, is a good point. Well, we also get to see him in this show, like enact his ambitions pretty flawlessly. Like he knows pretty much exactly what he's doing throughout this show and is really gaining his control in a really calculated fashion. And mm -hmm. then Breaking Bad is Walt comes into the equation and throws everything into fucking chaos. True, right. True. Um, Just him. destroys everything oh. that's been built up for for years. And that, that also gives Breaking Bad even more weight, too. Uh, so, Kim, I... Actually, no, before Kim, I want to actually get to Nacho. I yeah. think, like, this was Nacho's strongest season. Underrated character. Yeah, I oh, think, for sure. I think Nacho and uh, Lalo. Oh, like, both dude, came, yeah. Like, Lalo's incredible. Both, like, pulled, like, and I I really like, but, well, no, I didn't like Lalo at first, like, as a character. I'm just like, oh, another fucking, like, whack it. Like, you think that he's going to be another Tuco, you know, just yeah. like, oh, he's fucking crazy. Oh, he's loco. Oh, but it's like, no, he's he is and then sometimes like he has tremendous focus and understanding of like these little things and like he picks up on things and stuff like that and it's like uh terrifying that, villain yeah that really sort of came to fruition this time around i think both of those characters were really like this season like blew it out of the water and to speak of both those characters like the the ending like dude the last couple episodes of this show were incredible yeah Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, more. I mean, God, there's so many good ones, but just uh, to real quick to talk about the last episode when they go down to the compound in Mexico, right. like that was so fucking scary to watch, and like Nacho having to fucking pull that off, yeah. and like setting the fire in the kitchen, and then going out and there's already like the like the SWAT gear yeah, guys yeah. outside like immediately, and like Mike's thing of like he'll be gone tonight. Don't worry. And then even watching Breaking Bad, the first scene with Saul, or the first episode with Saul, and they take him out to the desert, he has a line where it's like, oh, you're watching Breaking Bad, you're like, and it's like, I, maybe they planted this as a seed, or maybe they just kind of came back to mm -hmm. it to write Better Call Saul, but he has a line where he's like, he's like, did Lalo send you? Nacho? Did Lalo send you? Right. And 
throwaway line of like what happened at the ranch. And yeah, it's like, exactly. You get to see what happened at the ranch. It's like so we know. Well, it that- seems like it's alluding to stuff that's going to happen next season because yeah. when he finds out that it's not Lalo, he's relieved. That's I true. Think. So we have to assume he thinks Lalo. I mean, yeah. even still, it's like so Lalo's going to do some bad shit to or regarding Jimmy next but season. I, I, I don't assuming. know what the fuck is going to happen to him because it's like. But Lalo's a character, too, where it's like watching Better Call Saul, you're like, damn, Breaking Bad would be a very different show if this character was still around. Mm. Right. And it's like, whatever they do to get rid of him to make him not be in Breaking Bad right. is, like, essential in this show. Yeah. So, that's, that's like, what next season is probably building up to. It's yeah. like, we gotta do something about this guy. Um, like I said, like, Nacho has been great. Like, his... his one of the best written things in the entire show is like Nacho and his father. Mm. And yeah. Like, when like he comes to his house and he's like, he's like, oh, this is really nice. Like, yeah, he's like kind of like proud of it, but it's like his dad's kind of like knows what's up. Yeah. And he just is this innocent guy, and like they're using like he's kind like he kind of knows he's being used as a chess piece, and like his son's like poor lifestyle choices and it's actually pretty heartbreaking and he's mm-hmm. like please just like leave my dad alone and like yeah. yeah we'll see yeah he spends this whole season trying to get out and he's like trying to get mike to help him and mike like won't because mike is not going to cross gus and because gus is like no um and, really and quick, it just sucks because not oh sorry no there's actually a great line with that where like i was i think we're thinking yeah, the same line gus right? mentions like we have to keep him on his toes or something. And Mike tells him like fear is not a good motivator. Right. And that's what Gus says to, I think Walt in Breaking Bad. Yeah. It's like one of his most iconic lines, like fear is never a good motivator. And it's like, Oh, Mike told him that. Right. You know? So mm-hmm. something happens to yeah. like flip that switch mm-hmm. again. You know, he, he, something happens where he learned something and then come Breaking Bad, like he's changed his opinion about this or whatever. So, um, I also want to say like one, <laughs> One of the best scenes in the entire show was in this season for me. It was, well, it was, it was, I think, episode two and episode three where he gets like, Saul gets pulled in the car and he's like, has that pistachio ice cream cone and he drops it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And it's like, oh, that's a funny little gag. And the next episode is like, it's so like on the nose and corny mm-hmm. and like, oh, it's the ice cream cone he dropped. And it's like, they know it's on the nose and corny. The ants crawling on it. And then they just build it up yeah. so much. We used to see all these, like this little ant. It's like this long scene, this ant right. and all the ants crawling out. And like at the end of the episode, we come back to it and there's like an uncomfortably large swarm of ants on the ice mm-hmm. cream cone right. in the middle of the city street or city sidewalk. That reminds me so much of like a lot of the avant-garde shots in Breaking Bad, like season two, where they're showing all those shots of the the scene with like the bear in the pool, yeah, and like all the the outcome of like the plane crash, right, right. Uh, but it's like completely out of context and shot in this really weird, like and surreal like, way. Yeah, and yeah, well, yeah. Um, and speaking of like being shot, I would say too, because like I said, I went to Breaking Bad after the season rewatching it. And, like, even, like, the early stages of Breaking Bad, it's like, damn, like, Saul looks really fucking good. Like, (laughs) it was a little jarring. Not to say, like, Breaking Bad ever looked bad cinematically, but going from, like, like, they really took all their worth in, like, education and, like, Mm -hmm. experience from Breaking Bad and, like, used every bit of that into every fucking shot of Saul. And so it was like, it's definitely like when you get to season five of Saul, like they're really working at their fucking peak right. cinematically. Well, and like, um, you know, because it's hard not to compare the two. Like there, there's moments of tension that build up throughout where it's like there were there were times in Breaking Bad where Gus is like, 
I'll kill you and your family or, you know, I'll, I'll kill your family. I'll kill your baby, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, oh, that's tense. But it never gets to like Breaking Bad seem or uh, Better Call Saul seems to like take some of those moments and just like slam on the accelerator. Like, uh, I think the Ozymandias level mm-hmm. or level episode, whatever. Same thing. Uh, TV shows are basically video games. Mm-hmm. Um Ozymandias, that's the one where he kills Gus, right? Or the one before it? No, where it's Ozymandias just like, is when That's like Hank the third dies. to last episode. Third where, to last. Yeah, it's where he, dies. like, oh, where everything goes to shit. Else. They're going to face off with Face Gus off, face yeah. off, yeah. For some reason. Oh, because the they're end always... The season four. Yeah. Um, but, like, there's some scenes where it's just like, oh, there's all this tension, like, uh, Walt has to save his family and blah, blah, blah. So he has to intricately do this and make sure that they're under, you know, the the police's watch and stuff like that. And, like, he has to, he has to kill Gus and, like, he fails and then, like, it's tense and then, like, you know, it, it really comes down to the wire. And, like, I think we talked about when we were talking about, I think, season three of Better Call Saul, um... Like the scene with the fucking heart medication where like he practices and practices and practices throwing that heart medication into a pocket and just back and forth. And you're just like on on the face on on the surface. This is a very boring scene. Just a man walking back and forth throwing throwing a bottle. But like when he's in that restaurant and he makes that switch like more tense than I think anything that happened in Breaking Bad. And yet. I feel like they continued to top it with like the scene with uh Lalo figures out something's weird with Saul, so he comes back and like that scene yeah. of like after the Bagman episode. Do? That was like yeah. yeah. That was like fucking breaking bad like pedal to the metal levels, yeah. which I did not expect. I was right. like, Holy fuck. So like uh and yeah, I want to get back to that, but like that that scene where it's like Kim is like finally like pleading and like speaking up for Saul and herself like against Lalo and like yeah, you, tell me the story oh, again. she's you, not pleading fucking, she's being like a badass well, she's yeah, like don't fuck like, like, with yeah, us I was, I was like scared as fuck that level yeah, of seemed. tension again like it it topped the other previous mm-hmm. levels of tension that I feel like blew a lot of the tension in Breaking Bad just like out of the water I would agree you know? I would agree. and it's um, also like these characters too like who are exclusive like Nacho, Kim, and Howard and stuff. Right. It's like we don't know why they're not in Breaking Bad. Right. And that scene was like, you know, we've, we've come to enjoy Kim so much. And then just that scene where it's like, fuck, this, like when Mike is like right. calling him, he's like, answer the fucking phone. You yeah. Know? And then he's outside like pointing a fucking gun at Lalo. And it's just like, what happens here? Mm, and again, like, yeah. I think any other subpar TV show just like shoot out, like, but they strung it along long enough so that it's like, we're going to let the tension play out. Like, we're going to make you sit with this uncomfortable feeling and it's going to resolve. But it's not going to resolve in, like, a big explosion. It's just going to sort of, like, just take care of itself. And then it's like, oh, well, the next episode, oh, he's obviously going to die in this one. And right. then he doesn't. And, like, right. the fucking way he eludes them was, like, he takes on, like, it ten, was, it was ten guys with and assault rifles. Yeah. And, like, he just is, like, crawling through that hole like a rat. Mm-hmm. Right. That was just like, oh my god! It was very good. He did, and then when he like yeah. he sneaks out and crawls back in, and like he le- leads him to the hole again, and he mm-hmm. goes back in. And he just like like puts his head in the hole and just like shoots sideways yeah. to fucking right, kill right. everyone yeah. in there. It's like, dude, this is like so brutal and also creative. Yeah, it, that was very good. And then like right at the end, where he like looks at the uh, the, the tequila bottle, yeah. and he's like, 
something's up, you know, sort of thing. And it's just like, fuck, man. Just like every single fucking like beat along the way Brilliant. is just like perfect. And I guess like to speak of Kim, you know, uh, I, you know, her character, I feel like the end, I mean, the ending has me very concerned because it's right. like she's like, Oh, I like being bad. And it's like, you can tell her that she's like just trying to she's, be cool. She's like an addict. She's yeah. my favorite character from either show. I think really? easily. Damn. Yeah. I, this season, Josh like, got a little crush on her. <laughs> this season cemented it for me because, like, I already loved her, but, like, they yeah. really take her to a place that's really crazy where you think you have her figured out, where you're like, okay, she's like, because, like, halfway through this season, there's that part where you almost think she's, like, going to break hey, up with real Jimmy. Quick, real quick, I got to use a bathroom, like, really bad. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'll. So we're going to put poop on. <laughs> I started mid-thought. I was like, no worries. Fuck, dude. I got to go. <laughs> hey, you got to go. You got to go. Uh, yeah, Kim. Yeah, so I was saying, so like for the very first part of this season and all of last season, really, they're doing this thing where Kim enjoys doing like some of the like scammy stuff with Jimmy. They've been sort of building it up. I think yeah. the first major scene that we saw was them like ripping the guy off. At yeah, the I one think all the way back in season two. Whatever, yeah, yeah, with Which, the bottle uh, of tequila. Fun fact was the same brand of tequila that mm-hmm. Gus. Yeah, yeah and then I think four. for a while she's like, "Oh, I'm not doing that anymore." And then like in season four, she like starts doing it with him again. Um, but she's like an addict. She like there's like a weird sexual tension with it, and then there's like a weird like there there's something going on in her head where it like right. drives her to a certain degree. Oh yeah, there are like multiple like sex scenes that happen like right after they right, pull right. off like a scam. It's like clearly a turn on, yeah. but they try to make it seem like anytime it gets too far, she is like, no, this is like too much you're taking it too far. Right. And it seems like what they're building to is either because Jimmy keeps getting them like Jimmy keeps getting in over his head and you think like, okay, either he's going to get her killed or she is going to finally be like, I can't take this anymore and leave him. And there's this great scene of like, halfway through this season where you think that's going to happen where she is like fed up and she's like, that was way too far. Like, like either we need to break up or we need to get married yeah. and then they just fucking get married and from that point forward it's like this completely new perspective on Kim where all of a sudden you realize like she really does want this life she just wants to be like protected right and she's then it's just sort of like i think sort of lying to herself at first like oh i'm you know i'm good i'm a hard worker blah 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 i'm not like that i'm not like that and it's sort of like that like undercurrents of like oh but i really enjoy this but i'm not that person i would never do that Mm -hmm. but i love doing this but i could never be the person that abuses that power but like what are we gonna do next to abuse our power i think a a part of that also comes from they had a brief flashback of her childhood where like she's getting picked up from school by like an alcoholic Mm -hmm. mom Mm -hmm. which is like seem she's like a goody two-shoes kid and sort of like a retaliation for that um also fun fact if you noticed on the license plate in that because it's like these shows train you look for everything mm-hmm. her license plate is uh nebraska right which mm-hmm. is where yeah saul ends up at the uh cinnabon so i i almost wonder like and this is like wishful thinking because we don't know like the where the show's gonna go but like i almost wonder if like they have some sort of falling out and then like the end he's in nebraska 
And, like, maybe Kim, like, went back to Nebraska to, like, live with her mom or some shit like that. And then, like, they run into each other. Like, I have no idea if that'll happen. That's my best guess. I feel like that's sort of building up. Like, they are referencing it somewhat. So, it's like that they could be telegraphing it. Or it could just, like, she could get her head blown off. I have no idea. I also want to say, too, um, well, like, real quick, I really enjoyed her... With that, with that property with the old guy yeah how she handled that that was really entertaining to watch and the character that i'm most curious about in the whole show though is howard his alliances have always been very unclear mm-hmm. you know just he's really on no one's side but he's always like he just so like weird like jamie he's, i wanted to offer you this you know job he's very you. like lawyery like yeah he's like saul is like a, a guy who happens to be a lawyer howard feels like a lawyer like there's something a little bit like weird off about him where it's he's, like that's kind of yeah that's, he offers he like he offers jimmy the job and then that's when like he starts like doing these pranks on him like inviting the prostitutes to his business right, meeting which are hilarious yeah, or like the bowling ball <laughs> he's so hateable for most of the show this season i almost like felt bad for him yeah. right, and it yeah. gets to that point where he uh confronts kim and tells him everything that jimmy has done and she laughs at him and it's <laughs> yeah. brutal <laughs> it's so brutal so the way he says it too is like and I have to imagine that the uh, bowling ball that could have hurt someone <laughs> crushed my car. Right. And it was just so happened to be after prostitute showed up to my uh, business meeting after I offered Jimmy a job. So And uh, you, you pointed out when we were talking about it um, off mic, as sometimes we have normal conversations about things uh, that aren't recorded and put out as content, um, but about how like uh, the end of season four... Jimmy does like uh, he goes oh I'm gonna be practicing under a different name and Kim's like what and he does finger guns and at the end of season five Kim's like let's completely destroy this guy's career right. and reputation and make him like want to kill himself and then she does finger guns but it's like <laughs> I didn't even make that might, connection that's yeah. so this good. might be the like the thing that where it goes too far like that yeah it, it's I, not like, like fun and ominous and like ooh he's gonna be Saul now hooray name of the show it's like something's gonna happen I it's almost like, I, oh go ahead sorry I was gonna say I almost wonder if like Kim's ambitions are gonna overtake like Jimmy's I and so. she's gonna end up doing something like I almost think that they won't kill her. But I wonder if maybe she'll, like, go to prison or something. Like, she'll end up doing something bad enough and not, like, smart enough that prison actually she gets taken down. Because we don't, like, Breaking Bad Saul is, like, a single guy. Like, he's hitting on his, like, I don't think he'd be hitting on his, um... Who'd he hit on? Uh, in oh, Breaking yeah. Bad, he hits on the secretary. Yeah, it's the one thing that like makes the least sense of everything that happens in Breaking Bad with this show. Right. There's just like a weird scene in like, like season two, season two, yeah, episode where he one like or whatever the fuck, where he like, makes like a sexually inappropriate comment towards his towards secretary, Francisca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Francesca. Um, I yeah, forget her name. Right. Um, so it's sort of like, well, I don't think he'd be making those jokes if she was in the picture. That doesn't seem right. like a Saul thing to do. Like within well, he, this context of how mm-hmm. we understand the character, he also like doesn't seem like he's like troubled that she died, though. You know, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think like prison kind of feels like it makes sense, and maybe they like 
after he is managing this Cinnabon and maybe she gets out of prison or something like that, like maybe they do meet up and that's like some like that's what keeps making me think like, yeah, he's not morose about the fact that like, oh, my fucking wife died. Like he's not like that at yeah. all in Breaking Bad. Maybe he was visiting her in prison all through Breaking Bad. I, I was just going to say that. Okay, I honestly yeah. I feel like I did see a YouTube video that mentioned like it'd be cool if they did like a back to the future two kind of thing where it's like you they were kind of like filming mm. scenes in front of the scenes in the first movie right like, they could like the last season could have instances of like stuff happening throughout breaking bed like a montage mm-hmm. and like we see him like maybe talking to kim in the middle of it and coming if back. that's what happens i mean these are my know. best guesses yeah. but right. it like they're yeah there there's certain things where it's like well this can't happen this can't happen like i mean it's clear now that it was like last season or whatever which is exciting right. i also feel like do you guys think howard is gonna die i feel like that's gonna happen and i have this possible weird, i, I really have a weird prediction know. like everything's gonna coincide and like somehow and like this is probably way off base but Somehow, like, Lalo and Howard will interact or something. I mean, like, I feel a, like... A bizarre, like, that just feels right. bizarre enough to happen in some tragic right. turn of events. I feel like some people have to die next season. Like, I can't imagine Nacho surviving as ho- like as much as I want him to. I have to assume he's mm. toast. I'll be I, honest. I just, like, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of guesswork. And I, I think with some of the... With what I'm saying, like, in regards to, like, what happens post some of this stuff like i feel like it's easier ruling out things that just like can't possibly happen than it is like guessing what could happen Mm -hmm. because i feel like anything could happen like i I know things that won't but i like what will happen like i i have no idea you know like howard had like he's so prim and proper like he has to be like there has to be some part where he gets like dragged into this like underbelly that kim and yeah, or Saul and now be Kim are part of. Because like, yeah. Kim, maybe wasn't, Kim he, wasn't until this season either. And now she's like interacting with Lalo and stuff. Right. He might try to take both of them down because now that like Kim is like humiliated him, now he might hate both of them. Well, and, and when he sees that they're working down, together. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Ooh, exciting, man. I'm, it's a bummer that it's delayed because yeah. of COVID. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm willing to go as far as you guys in saying that I like it more than Breaking Bad, but I completely understand that. It's like, a, it's like, a I would very say, fair opinion. I would say, I would maybe say that I would like him the same. Um, I think I like Better Call Saul a little bit better. Like, I, I would say I, like a couple yeah. inches more. I do but, think but it's... Like the next season could, you know... Yeah, I mean, but I, I feel like... I feel like that's not, I feel like uh, maybe this is me putting too much fucking pressure on something that hasn't been created yet, but like, I feel like it's culminating to a head of like, you know, I, I do think that they did a good job of like wrapping up Breaking Bad. I don't see it being like Game of Thrones, final season of no, Game of Thrones. No. Like, I, I don't, at the very least, it'll just be like, well, that happened the way that we thought it was going to happen. Mm. Like, And it's like, I, I do... Oh, I, I don't see it being like something that like permanently damages no. everyone's opinion of no. the show. I, I have too much trust possibly. in Vince Gilligan yeah, and the same. rest of the crew. I think this show has been getting better and better, and I think this was I the best so, season yeah. so far. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then we we didn't even talk about. So I was talking about like some of the tense moments, like the uh, the fucking um, the the drug transfer in like season three, I think. Um, and then like the, the moment with Lalo where Mike's outside the apartment with the gun, like ready to shoot him. And then Kim's like yelling at him and shit like that. Like, uh, we didn't even get to like the desert scene, which like, again, was like slow crawl that builds up to like this insurmountable amount of tension where like, you know, eventually Saul, who's been like 
pussyfooting his way through the entire desert just goes like, you know what, fuck it, like, and puts his life on the line because there's that one fucking, like, lone car that's just going back and forth in the desert, just, like, keeping him there. And it's just like, well, do I die, like, of thirst and of dehydration Mm -hmm. or, like... Do I just say fuck it? And he like walks out and Kevin, I think you made the comment of like that was almost sort of like his baptism sort of thing yeah, as Saul. Like and that's he used where a he, space blanket too. Yeah. That's where he goes from Jimmy to Saul, like as a more sort of like permanent thing, you know? Yeah. That episode was fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know if I have a whole lot else to say about this because I've got that, a couple that, other that like payoff of like when the car like just finally like blows yeah. up and like flips and you're just like in <sighs> one point on that too it was involving two characters that we know don't die right and i was still on the edge of my seat right mm-hmm. exactly like yeah. that's just an, an impressive thing. yeah sorry continue i just was gonna say i probably should wrap it up to get to the other two things yeah because i can talk about this for forever yeah, same and what i would say i mean for this is a top 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 shelf library Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. This is like one yep. of my favorite shows. Yeah. And we'll see how next season plays out. But I mean, uh, I, sooner than later, I hope. Fuck. I just got to say like, yeah, one of the I worst mean, things about COVID. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Josh. Oh, yeah. No shelf. You can yeah, please. absolutely. Sure. <laughs> yeah. If you're not watching the show yet and you watch Breaking Bad, then you have no you're fucking missing excuse. Out, man. You're yeah. so- to what you're like, uh, you were saying earlier, you were thinking about watching like, what if you watched better call Saul first and i i do like want someone to do that so i can hear their experience just as like an experiment yeah like i want to know well once it's over i want to know someone's experience of like watching it all the way through and then watching breaking bad for the first time but i don't know that i would confidently like recommend that anyone do i never recommend that just because i feel like prequels are supposed to be viewed like after it's it's a like before story that's told after the mm-hmm. original story like i think that like prequels should be viewed in that order and i would know, say like basically everything one of the most important points for that argument is in season four of Saul. there was like a cold open of one of the episodes that took place like during the final season of breaking bad when he's right. like, destroying his office uh-huh, yeah oh and it was like that, oh, would yeah. make, that would make no sense if you didn't yeah. watch breaking bad it's yeah, even yeah. The, the the black and white segments it's like yeah maybe you mm-hmm. don't it's like, yeah, it takes place after Breaking Bad and because of Breaking Bad. But then again, like, there's specific stuff like that. Like, and I think there's going to be more of that, too. Well, it'd be interesting if you, like, did, like, a chronological cut where, like... There is you a timeline t- on YouTube y- I saw. It's like, I have Breaking Bad, El Camino, Better Call right. Saul. Like, I gotta do events. homework. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bit of homework I wouldn't... But, like, yeah, actually- if you edited out, like, the the flash forward stuff and then maybe like gave people some more context for Gus, like show them those scenes of like the scene of his partner dying, like make that be the first thing that you watch. It'd be wa- weird. That It'd would be, be awkward. Such a tremendous but- <laughs> like undertaking. Yeah. yeah. And like, like- I, that also <laughs> just sort of like plays into the show, you know, right. Like, the overall tone yeah. and everything like that. Totally. But, like this, like I, I, I hate to use the term, but the cinematic universe, whatever you want to call it. Cause like, <laughs> I, I, it's a Gilligan verse. Yeah, the Gilligan verse. Well, to be fair, like, he also worked on X Files, so that would, all, you know, we don't want to have that. They all tie in. You know, someone made a chronological cut edit of Lost, <laughs> which is 
really insane. It doesn't make any sense if you try to watch it yeah. that way. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, yeah, it's not made that way. You know? Well, the right. characters travel in time as well. So if you were watching it like chronologically, you're watching things that are happening to the characters after what's happened to right. them later. I, <laughs> someone did something like that where they like abridged the 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 prequel movies, the Star Wars prequel movies, and they just turned it into mm. one movie or something like that. And I Why? I kind of remember someone being like, actually, it's kind of better than all three. And I'd be willing to believe that, but I, I've I don't heard there care are some, enough to test it. Yeah, I've heard there are some good edits of the prequels. Yeah, yeah and I was going to say, though, like I feel like this ba- New Mexico-averse, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> uh, just br- like Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, uh, El Camino. I mean, even not, not counting El Camino, I would say like my favorite show is like Better Call Saul slash Breaking Bad. Hmm. And then like I think El yeah. Camino ties into that universe and just that universe of like these three properties in a way mm-hmm. and potentially more. Who knows? Um, I mean, I don't want them to go too far with it. Right. But you like, don't want to wear out the welcome. But like the, the big concern with Better Call Saul was like. Do we really need a Breaking Bad spinoff? And I was now so, it's like unanimously like yeah, this yeah. is all argue. Everybody that when I see people compare the two, I've I see a lot of people that are like, I like Better Call Saul better, and like I think that's a testament to the fact that like even if even if it's not better or whatever, it's just like by virtue of people thinking that it's like well, it has the at, at the very least it hasn't ruined the franchise, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think it's enhanced it. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Um. Moving on, uh, you mentioned uh, doing homework. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of chronology. Yes, speaking of (laughs) several things you probably mentioned. Speaking of bad movies. (laughs) Yeah, uh, well, this is probably going to ruffle some feathers. Tenet. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so let's just talk about our experience real quick. So the three of us went to Music Box Theater in Chicago to see this. Yeah, hashtag brave. (laughs) Uh, the music box there theater, were like 20 people in the theater it's like one of my favorite places in the entire city of chicago i love music box theater i've seen all sort i have many many great memories from being there i've like i going to screenings of the room uh like uh twin peaks first time you ever did the popcorn trick oh yeah <laughs> which was actually last saturday when we saw it um <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so, I'd never seen that one before. Caught me off guard. Yeah, I was kind of like, dude, come on. Well, you're gay now, the, Josh. So. How does so, it feel? The same. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, it was. What did you guys think about being in a movie theater again? Uh, I actually thought it was a pretty painless experience, but I think that probably comes down to the theater. I don't know how yeah. other theaters would be, and I wouldn't recommend anyone go. Like, I'm not going to suggest that anyone go to the theater, it's especially not, not for this movie. Yeah, it's not quite <laughs> there. I feel like it, it was like it's th- not quite there to like pack it, but like it. It was the same thing with like being on an airplane for me, which is like, well, it's like every other row, and like there's very few people, and like no center seats, and like sort of spread yourselves out and wear a mask, and it's. It's like I was fine. You it know, felt like, good to me. I was happy to be back in the theater again. I was to yeah. some extent, but there was a part of me where it's like I am so ready for this pandemic to be over. Yeah, and it was like, oh, the movie theater normal, and it was like you got to wear your mask. Everything's super limited. Right. Oh, you can't buy this. You can't buy that. Everything's like gated off, and it was just kind of like it was actually like kind of depressing to me. Yeah, just because it was like a glimpse into like oh. Wait, are things just going to be like this when we go back? 
I don't like that. Yeah. I guess I'd kind of accepted that that was going to be the case beforehand and kind of braced myself for yeah, it. Yeah, I did so too, I was able but like, to, being, there, yeah, being there's something there about different. being there, yeah. Where it's like, I don't know, there, there's something about like, God, all, all of the summer festivals and shit like that. And like, as I was biking down here, I heard like live music that was happening at some restaurant, probably outdoors. And it's just like, man, if I was biking here last summer, I would hear five of that mm. you know and there, there's a certain level where it's like yeah or like just the ability to go into any theater or any store and like not have to worry about like the amount of people that are in it or like the spacing or anything like or that. the there fire is, escapes is or anything like, like, a, like that yeah there mm-hmm. is a level where it's like this like i do miss like the just the experience of like going to things and being around people and like this collective human experience that we all used to have that now is just turned down to like you and two friends um yeah and i, I was gonna say like it, it, it's like i mean a few months ago we didn't even have this so it's right. like I'm, I'm like hey it's a step in the right direction but it was like it's I, like not fucking normal I life was, again and i it was might- hoping it was gonna have this like profound impact on me like and it, like I said, I was, I don't know, I, I just had so much like, mm. I was just like, I'm going to a movie theater this weekend. For the first time in like <laughs> seven months. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm going to see a movie that wasn't Sonic the Hedgehog. So in case, <laughs> in case if I die, that, that won't be on my gravestone. That was the last movie we saw in theaters. Oh my I think, God. Well, Uncut Gems came out after Sonic, right? Or before, did it before? before yeah. yeah. I feel like I saw it after. I it don't came on, after came out last after. year and Sonic was like march <gasps> sonic no sonic but, was like february, february right? yeah february. it was, it was valentine's saw, day that's I right i saw uncut gems i think a little bit later yeah i believe so, so. okay I, yeah i might have seen sonic and then uncut gems like a week later hmm. yeah because i think it was because wait no i don't remember no, like, I, I actually know why because we recorded the uh fire bros with witten which is in january right and we did uncut gems and then sonic came out on valentine's day the next month yeah and we recorded oh, that so episode together yeah okay shit yeah you're right well, at least we avoided that being on our tombstones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Speaking of tombstones. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I just shrugged yeah. visibly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tenant. So this movie had a very strong opening. I, I'm like, ooh, this is cool. Honestly, I hated the opening. I, like, I hated so much. There's like the opera, the fucking like shit going off. And I'm like, oh, it's loud and exciting. Little did I know that when characters would talk... Listen, I don't fucking care what anyone says. You can't hear... Again, I, it's not just us. It wasn't just our experience. I heard a lot of people say the sound mixing right. was so yeah, bad. it's terrible. And it's kind of most people who are saying that who have Basically seen it. Basically everybody. Like, where did you go to see this where that wasn't the case? That's what I want to know. The audio mix is poor. Like, I think it's it's not completely inaudible, but it's pretty inaudible. Now, here here's a blunt take. Uh... I, in some cases, I don't even fucking care what they were saying. I'm like, I mm-hmm. can tell, like, just by the camera spinning and the music that it's, like, some fucking useless gobbledygook about this, like, system they have. And it's just, like, I mean, like, it already made, I mean, like, it, it made especially no sense because we couldn't fucking hear anything. <laughs> right. But it was also, like, I'm like, I, I've seen Inception, yada, yada. I've seen, what, the, what was that other one? Interstellar? Yeah. It's, yeah. like, those are both so, con- to me, they were so convoluted. And it was just, like, I... I'm hearing like, and it's like they're talking like, it's like, I already know it's going to be like the others. Like, 
go backwards, forwards, backwards again, backwards again, forwards. And it just was like, it's like, yeah, this is just going to be something you're going to have to suspend your disbelief and be like, wow, this movie's smart because it does stuff. Here's And people explain things and I'm just dumb for not getting it. Here's <laughs> my take on that is that I understood what was happening the whole time. Yeah. I understood every single little bit of what was happening, but I had no idea what the fuck was happening in that movie. <laughs> I a- understood, like, it made right. point A, point B, point C, point D. I get it. I'm not a fucking moron. I understand these things that are happening, but, like, what's happening? I have no fucking idea. At the beginning... I have no fucking idea. The concepts seem interesting when, like, the bullish, like, oh, these are for, like, it's right. from the future. It's like, oh, well, we don't know how it's made. It's from the future, but it's things that were sent back, and that's how it works. Things right. that were sent back. I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty interesting. And I like I'll, that sort of, like, time the, travel shit where you, yeah. like, you sort of have to, like, think about it a little more in order to understand, like, what exactly is mm-hmm. happening. Like, I like that type of stuff. Time... I mean, honestly, I feel like a time travel is just, like, a concept I feel like I have an especially hard time getting my head around. I yeah, I thought the concept was excellent, but I feel like the execute like what they did with the concept could have been so much better. And I don't I mean, real quick, I don't I don't want anyone to fucking say that I am too dumb to get time travel and that's why I didn't like it. I would have understood it. Maybe I would have gotten it if I couldn't hear it, but I'm going to yeah. stop, well, stop harping Yo Guacamole on the Discord said, you must be stupid if you didn't hear or if you didn't understand what was going on. And it's like, I feel like my experience with this movie was... Get him, before King. before every like big set piece crazy scene would happen there would be like a discussion between characters where they kind of like set up what was yes. going to happen and you couldn't like every other line of dialogue was like inaudible you couldn't tell what was being said and and you'd be like what the fuck is going to happen i have no idea what's going on and then you would get into the scene and it would like kind of set itself up and and you would get to a point where you're like, okay, I basically right, understand right. what's going on. Exactly. But that doesn't excuse the fact that you can't hear half the fucking dialogue. Like I Right, right. I feel like the the one really good thing about this movie is that the acting was pretty good. And I wanted to hear yeah, what the actors were saying. Because yeah. I feel like their deliveries were probably pretty good, but just the mix of the audio. I feel like Christopher Nolan wanted to like have this like very like realistic feeling where it's like, oh, well, like the ocean breeze has to be right up front because that's what it would be like in real life. And it's but like, also if that was real <laughs> life, you wouldn't be speaking to each other in this like sort of like Shakespeare. Right. You would be like yelling at <laughs> right. the fucking ocean. Exactly. Hey, can you hand me the glass that's <laughs> over there. Like this is how you talk when you're on a boat. Is loudly because the wind's fucking loud. Yeah, it seemed like time was when the characters were like whispering, and it's like, how can you even hear each other right, right. in this Unless situation? Like right up in each other's face, in which case, like you would hear, right? Um, but I will say uh, to Kevin's point because you said, "Oh, I'm not uh, like don't say that I'm not smart enough to understand the time." I'm very smart, and I understood all of the time travel <laughs> stuff. And even like when we walked out of the theater, and I was like, some of the stuff, like. Just felt telegraphed like i saw it from a mile away there were certain things where mm-hmm. he's driving down the highway and he looks at the car and like uh like the car just like turns around reverses like uncrashes and goes backwards but he looks at it in a certain way and like before he started going backwards i was like that's him in the car right or like when he's fighting the guy in the helmet and he can't see who's in the helmet i'm like 
that's him in the helmet. Like yeah, I didn't catch on to that, but I picked up on that. Like as soon as I knew that it was going in the direction of like he's gonna start going back in time, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, he's just doing all of this himself right. to himself. I guess and, it's like, like I don't know. It's just something about like Christopher Nolan's recent movies where they just like, and I didn't see Dunkirk. It feels Dunkirk like is excellent, and I, I not, nothing like any of these movies the for how smart. But he like is. it's just like they're so kind of like Inception, Interstellar, and this movie were the same thing. It was just like. I like. I, I just was like, it, this is so messy. It's just like I just don't like them, and they're so like mm-hmm. they're so like inhuman. Even, they're very inhuman movies. Like there's like no emotion. Yeah, like no characters ever fucking emote. Right, and when they do, it's just like so barely anything. Yeah, I. It's been a long time since I saw Inception, but my memory of it. And I really like Inception. My memory of it is that it's similar to this movie, but it like presents itself in a much more clear and like logical way. And the stuff that like ends up getting revealed towards the end is actually interesting and kind of actually informs like the drama of the movie in a way that is emotionally interesting. Whereas in this movie, like I feel like I'm with Grant where I understood what was going on. I just like didn't care because it was like, okay, cool. Like this caused this to happen and this caused this to happen. But there's no like dramatic weight to any of it other than well that's cool and that's i guess of, yeah, that's, i think that's a big thing for these movies it's like there's no incentive to want to learn what's happening because right. it's like i don't fucking care about the characters because they don't seem to care about themselves i don't like it's like yeah there's like there's no weight to it there's none and also i was going to say like i feel like it's easy to compare something like a, a concept like this to um I don't think you you guys. I don't think you'd played any like um, video games from Hideo Kojima, like Death no. Stranding, Metal Gear Solid. There, the, it felt a lot like that in terms of concept, where like his move, like his his movie, his games are very much like um, like conceptual sort like of. They're very or, yeah. like it's very like the scene where the bullet coming out of the bullet hole, going mm-hmm. back in the gun was like it felt like something you'd like oh, a character in Metal Gear Solid would be able to do this, and it's like. You just have all these nano machines. It's like super convoluted, but it's like there's something about his delivery in those games where it's like it's sort of like it's a little like there's so many like there's humor in the in the games. There's like corniness. There's like charm and charisma, and it's like yeah, they're like there's so much gobbledygook and stuff like that. And it's like yeah, you could read up on it, and it's like oh that makes more sense. Like Death Stranding, I did read up on later, and I was like oh wow, that was a really smart fucking game. And even though maybe not everything made sense, but it's just like, it was charming and interesting and fun enough. This mm. movie wasn't. It was so fucking boring. Right. There was like, it was a stale, dull turd. And even like Inception had the part where it's like, obviously Leonardo DiCaprio's character is like just stuck in this like loop of grief that he can't get out of and like the whole Mm -hmm. premise is like he just can't get over like the death of his wife or whatever the fuck um uh with this it's just like yeah there's nothing tying us to this movie that makes me want to think that it's like important in Mm -hmm. any sense like here's the difference um Christopher Nolan also, like, his first movie, I think, was Memento, if I'm not mistaken. Well, it was actually following. It was was actually his last movie. (laughs) And I haven't Uh, seen Memento in, like, 15 years, but I remember seeing it then when I was a teenager and I loved it. I think Memento's a very good movie, but it's very small scale. It's just, like, a weird crime drama where 
the beginning happens last or the last part happens first and then you're just sort of like trying to right. piece together what the fuck happened to this that movie doesn't have guy. like time travel in it no, though it's, it's just presented travel, it's just presented it's out of order amnesia because right. you can't like it he has spotty yeah. memory so he's like tattooing and that's charming it's like oh it's like right it's, amnesia, so it's, it's, it's small scale like this movie um i'm like it's supposed to be like Christopher Nolan's like time traveling James Bond. Like the main right. character is just the protagonist. Hey, on, on paper, that sounds awesome. I think right. Christopher Nolan needs to stay away from time travel because this movie well, and Interstellar yes. had time travel. And do you guys know what a causal loop is? Yeah, and they he, sort of reference. Well, they they reference like the fucking paradox shit. He relies on causal loops. Way too much. And I think it's like one of the laziest ways you can approach time travel writing. Because basically you're going, the stuff that hap- like the stuff that the characters do in time travel sets the things in motion that end up leading to them needing to use time travel. Which like is why I really didn't like the end of Interstellar. Because it's just like, Oh, cool. He reached back in time and knocked the books off the shelf so that his past self would know to go into space so that he could time travel to make himself go into space. It's like... That was presented (laughs) the same exact way, where it's this profound moment, like, oh... Ooh. And there's the music, and it just was like, dude, I don't yeah. fucking care about this shit. And like, it's yeah. easy to write that way because you just work backwards. Well, you just go, just, what do you? Using, where do I want the character to end yeah. up? And what does he do to make himself get there? And you're just using like a a trope that already exists, right? But like my my point in bringing up Memento is Memento is like small scale. It's just like there's the love interest portion, there's the murder portion, and the figuring out, and like the way that you get through the story, I think is interesting. And it's it's very tied down, but like the thing with I feel like a lot of his movies as of late, um, this one in particular, like uh, the character's the protagonist. He he goes out, he sets out to do whatever. What's the job that he has that he's been tasked with? Preventing World War Three. How do we know World War Three? I don't know. There's just some guns that shoot backwards, like. Oh, we're preventing World War Three, and there's all this importance, and like he's trying to make himself a god. It's not fucking interesting. The like vi- the villain was so fucking boring. To me. I like he, Kenneth Branagh yeah. too. He, I, I, I like his performance. I did not like him. Okay, uh, and the whole the whole thing with like he's trying to make himself a god, and again they telegraphed what would happen because um Robert Pattinson's character like halfway through the film. He's, or like maybe three quarters of the way, some somewhere two thirds of the way through the film, he says something about um like a, the grandfather paradox, and he's like, uh, it couldn't exist because like you couldn't, it it just like couldn't exist like through virtue of the paradox existing is like, but you could like go into the basement and kick kick your grandfather like halfway to death, but you could never kill him because that just wouldn't make sense within like this dimension of how we understand time. And so it's like, well, he's trying to create that paradox that can't be created because we've established that that paradox cannot exist. So what's going to happen is he's not going to take the entire universe down with him because he's dying of pancreatic cancer or whatever. Right. Like, he's just going to kill himself. What happens? He fucking dies and he kills himself and nothing, none of it happens. And so it's just like, and I fucking, as soon as he said that, I'm just like, oh, so nothing's going to happen <laughs> because you've established that nothing's going to happen. Does this make sense? 
Like, <laughs> yeah, that was like the one thing I didn't, and then, I didn't, com- I hadn't completely wrapped my head around when I left the theater. Was what, what, like, why was the villain trying to do what he was doing? The reason I didn't get it is because it was so simple. He just, he has cancer and he wants the world to die with him. Like, that's not interesting. And think- we established that that can't happen. Like, yeah. there, there's so much that's stupid about it. And then, like, the other, uh, another element of it was, like, when, uh, when the woman's like, oh, I found out he was cheating on me, and I saw this woman dive off the balcony, and it's, like, pretty soon in, I was like, that's just her. She, that's her diving off of her own boat balcony, thinking that she's being cheated on by herself. She kills the guy. Like, it was the the level of importance in that she she had some line about like oh and i looked at the she just seemed so free and it's like yeah because you're freeing <laughs> yourself from this like yeah. prison of this marriage it's just like so fucking there's uh, so much her that character I fucking was so hated nothing about all of it yeah god it just like honestly <laughs> like it, the concept was interesting enough and i feel like it could have been good if it was like presented better I really like. I just didn't. I just did not care about anyone, and it was like the movie. Like it felt like the only thing the movie wanted you to really care about was like how smart the concept is. It was that the characters. I just felt like were so one note. Right. (sighs) I thought it would have been cool if instead of trying to end the world, he what he wanted to do was like we haven't talked like about it very clearly, but like the concept of this movie is that characters have found a way to like travel not like go back in time but like reverse the flow of time for them so that they can travel backwards through like the linear timeline and i thought it would have maybe been cool to take that concept and be like instead of wanting to end the world what he actually wants to do is like reverse the flow of time for the entire universe and make everything like just start moving backwards as a way to like prevent the end of the world i almost just feel like conceptually that that's just a too big of a task yeah <laughs> like there's certain parts where it's like at the, at the end of like everything you got to boil it down to just like some level of like basic human believability and it's just like like the concepts were i wouldn't say too smart but just too like high-minded mm-hmm. where what, what was the thing that uh he made some some line about uh fuck i just i had it in my head and i just fucking lost it um god he made some reference to like oh well uh this happened and like this like i'm referencing this and i will become this and it's just like man just shut the fuck up (laughs) like just boil it down to like the simple humanistic elements and then tell an interesting story you know like yeah, I, I just don't think I like Christopher Nolan anymore. I, I kind of feel like that, too. I think you guys should watch Dunkirk. I think it's totally fair I if you don't like him Dunkirk. in general. You um, have? Yeah, I have I'll, mixed feelings about it. I'll check it out. I mean, like... I, I loved that movie. I think it's, like, such a... Such a completely different experience than it's also this a, movie. a historical thing where he didn't invent like a bunch of bullshit. right it's just like well it's <laughs> a retelling of appealing this enough event. like if the characters are presented like human beings which it seems like typically they aren't i think they are in that movie i will say like i went into this movie tenant knowing fucking nothing about same it. same like i I, w- I went in i didn't even know who like blind. the main actor guy was same I, until i looked him up afterwards and i was like right. that guy looks a lot like denzel washington but i don't want to say <laughs> that out loud because i don't want to be racist but then it's like oh it's his son who's an actor i didn't know that so yeah, they're all actors man that's right i'm just kidding 
I will say I don't uh, think I hated this as much as you guys did, just because not because I thought it was good, but because it didn't like the things that sucked about it didn't really make me mad. I was just kind of like disappointed by it. But like I didn't mind sitting through it. I thought it was like visually engaging at least. It for me, man, it dragged. It was like it felt I just feel like all all of the things that you thought were like like the good parts, like oh, it was visually stunning or whatever, are, and it was. are just yeah. like non-redemptive to me. Like, Fair enough. If, if a movie, if a movie is bad and I don't like it, I can't sit there and like justify just like looking at pretty images for like yeah. three hours. Like, like. I, I, I will say, yeah, it, it did look very good. There was a really good scene with like a like a the room where like one is going backwards, one is going forwards, and like one is like red, one is blue. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're behind that right. bullet right. glass, I'm, th- I'm like, oh, this is really. It's like visually shot. sort of yeah. stunning. Yeah. I'm not trying to argue it was good. I'm just saying I didn't no, hate no. it. I'm just saying like I, I'm know. not angry. <laughs> I'm not angry I at ju- it. I feel like <laughs> like Christopher Nolan like thinks that he's a lot smarter than he is, and I got to take him down yeah. a peg with oh, the yeah. bonus episode of my podcast. Yeah, totally. Uh, like the it, world it just, must know. <laughs> it feels like like a, a fucking three hour masturbation fest. Mm-hmm. Like just look look. I'm so smart. I figured out time travel and it's just like, yeah, man, like fuck, there's uh there's like fucking episodes of Doctor Who that are better than this. Yeah. And I don't say that facetiously to rag on Doctor Who because there are a couple episodes where it's like this is not only like funnier and more engaging, but like this is better. Yeah. I think between this Interstellar and Dark Knight Rises, he has established himself as overrated. Yeah. I I hate that argument, but I agree. I agree with that to a certain extent. Like I, like his whole reason for, I guess, taking on the Dark Knight movies and doing so well with them was that he's like, well, I did a superhero franchise. I did very well with it. Now I can make whatever movie I want to make, and it's just like. But you're bad at making movies that aren't like the yeah. Dark Knight. He's also making the same movie over and over it again. It feels like <laughs> it. And it's just like, I, like, again, the characters, like, I just didn't give a shit about what any mm-hmm. of them were doing. They were all flat. Like, there's no level of interaction. Like, just the, the snarky dialogue of just like, I'm going to go to this restaurant and uh, order a, a meal a and nice w- suit. walk out. And g- yeah. <laughs> the suits were good. Uh, just was like, <laughs> no, you're not fooling anyone with that Brooks Brothers. Uh, can I get this to, in a doggy bag, please? Ha ha ha! Shut up, fucking rich people. Shut up! You and, like, just, the whole weird like romantic love interest was just like again like there's got to be some level of dynamicism, some level of sexuality, and I felt you know, zero of it. I, I heard this is like a weird reference, but I remember hearing Adam Friedland on Comptown. He said he thinks like Christopher Nolan is like autistic because he just doesn't understand people to any extent. Hmm. And it's like, I guess like, I don't know if I would go that, like say that specifically, but I do think that like to some extent, like he doesn't know how to direct people or write people. It's like, right. I'm, I'm imagining him directing these like good actors and being like, no, less, less. Yeah. No, even less, even less. Right. La- no, just nothing. Oh, I did want to mention this fucking chart that, Ionet Runner posted oh, yeah, in yeah, the Discord. Yeah. Oh, I feel like this is like the script of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like this, like Christopher Nolan brought this to the yeah. to the right. studio and was like, "Here's what I got." And they're like, "Oh, brilliant!" And he was like, "He put it's a chart that shows like all the ways that the timeline stuff connects, and it's bonkers. It's 
it's so big that I would have to zoom in like 10 times in order to read anything. Like, I can't imagine trying to decipher this. It would take so much time that I just don't care enough. Well, and to tie it back into, um, like what initiated this portion of the conversation regarding this movie is, oh boy, homework, which is what we talked about after we saw it, which is just like, it'll make sense if I go home and read about it on Wikipedia, but like, how come you couldn't just make a a better movie? Like Donnie Darko had a lot of time travel elements. It's a movie about time travel, but like, it's a fucking good movie. It's about like a forlorn teen. Like uh, there's like sexuality. There's like fucking like, uh, like the dynamic between like parents and children and like the coming of age and like all of these different things. And then it's like, and also like he's having weird visions that are like tying him back into this like causal loop in the future that like resolves itself. But it's like, we don't have to sit there and like try and understand the time travel elements to understand that like, this is like uh, just a heightened sense of like a coming of age teenage movie Mm -hmm. that happened in the eighties. Like it's, it's good on its own merits based on that and then the time travel is like a little bit extra but it's like it's a human story this is not a human story this is like i'm really smart i understand time travel and it's like but that's not good enough to make an entire movie about so speaking of the merits though like what like let's just say our rankings then no, th- I I have nothing good to say about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's an easy burn it for me. I also burn it. It's yeah. not it's yeah. not as bad as the Rise of Skywalker. That's for fucking sure. Yeah. If it was just yeah. me, I'd probably shelf it. But I'm not going to stand in the way of burning it. It's, I mean, no, it's, 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 it's not good. Choice, yeah, yeah. Everyone's got a choice. Oh, know? we we all get to do it separately. We're I thought there had to be a consensus all our own level of authoritarian. You guys yeah. have gotten rid of consensus in this. No, we never no, dystopian yeah, no, dictatorship. <laughs> Oh, just whatever, like, you know, well, it's, it's all, your vote. We're you know? all the dictator. It's your vote. The, so the which, issue. I mean, like, it's not, uh, even, not even a vote, just what you think. Nah, fuck it. I'll, I'll burn it, too. Okay. I'll burn it, too. I mean, it's, w- it's, were there it's, things that you felt like were points of contention where, like, you're like, actually, no, I did like this. Or no, like I, there were things that I liked about it, but I agree with you that they don't redeem the movie. Yeah. That that's my only thing, or like you could like uh, what what do we cart it or whatever? Put it on the library yeah, cart. The like you could it. vote to do that or whatever too. Yeah. Like if you feel like there yeah. were certain things. Well, yeah, that shelf. Like, it's either it's library shelf or burp. right, right. Yeah, I think you said shelf before for better call. Uh, all Saul. the terms. Oh, you meant I, library. I think I said top 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 shelf, shelf in the it's, library. It's confusing. <laughs> it's confusing. It's because the last item on the docket here feels good, man. No, this is not the uh, alternate title for Better Call Saul. Get it? Why would it, why would it be Saul Goodman? But oh uh, yeah, no, that makes sense. It's good. Hey Jimmy, uh, it's feels actually now. Anyway, uh, enough of that crap. Feels good, man. Is a documentary about Pepe the Frog, basically uh, the creation of Pepe and every step along the way. It's truly a very unique and fascinating story. A lot of stuff that I didn't know, and, like, we followed it pretty well, I feel like, on Thought Cops, yes. you know, like, every every sort of, like, beat along the way of, like, yeah, he sued Infowars, like, I remember that happening, or I remember, like, when, uh, when you mentioned when we were watching it, uh, when Donald Trump retweeted the Pepe the Frog image, and it's like, I remember watching that, you mm-hmm. know, like, when that happened, and, like, I remember, like, the beats of it, but... The the story itself and from his point of view was like something that is like finally now sort of coming 
you know, like getting some sort of traction, you know. Yeah, I was um listening to uh Come Town. No, a different podcast. <laughs> different Dope podcast. Boys. No. mega 64 cast you'll you'll get it eventually it was a pound cast okay uh yeah they uh matt fury and uh i forget his name the director of the movie were on it and i guess like some of that shit was happening in real time during the filming like the lawsuit against alex jones right so the whole third act was like stuff that was happening like while which happens in documentaries yeah so it was anyway uh very very well produced documentary it wasn't just cold hard storytelling. There was like a really cool uh, animation and right. everything. Yeah, that was re- like I would watch a fucking uh, what's it called Boys Club. Boys Club. I got it on my shelf yeah. over there. Um, I love it's. Like, I flipped through it a couple yeah. times, but I would love to see that as like a TV show, like, you know, I was be, like, or a web series or whatever. Like it, it's solid. I was it like, this this could good. fit it on Adult Swim or something. It you know, could, it, yeah. it, it looks so cool. And it I assume was like, it was the artist who was doing the animations for the movie, right? Well, apparently, um, the director does animation, and he scanned. Okay. The comics, and he just used those to animate them. So it was like a collaboration of like taking yeah. his artwork, but then like applying right. new animation to it. Yes. But those, those animations were tight. Like, I would watch that show. And there was it a won't lot- happen, but I would watch it if it came out. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, so there was like a lot of. Uh, you know, imagery in terms of like it was like Pepe like falling and falling and there's all he's he's happy then he's falling through the computer and everything's just like getting all fucked up um, well well that music is playing too which like tied up real like it it went together really nicely yeah and i thought it was uh yeah so the story is matt fury is the creator of boys club he one of the characters in the comic strip is pepe the frog uh pepe became a meme uh non-politically really i mean it was used for it was so like that was one of the bigger like i since 2010 2011 i remember seeing like pepe memes and shit like that like it was very widespread among internet culture and eventually it made it to the mainstream which was its downfall sort of thing like they said the thing that went viral was the feels good man thing which is yeah that was was a a comic where he is peeing and he has his pants put all the way down to like his ankles and someone walks in on him and is like what are you doing and he's like feels good man yeah there's like though that comic is so funny. Like yeah. I was like thinking last night. There was a strip where it's just like four panels, and it's like the two the, fir- the first two panels just like Pepe sitting on the carpet like watching TV. The third panel is his roommate comes in. He's like, "Hey Pepe, what are you doing?" And he just the fourth panel is him turning around, just like watching commercials. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like this, like the it's just the mundanity of like a post college like right. lifestyles. Like where am I? What am I doing? I just used to hanging out with my friends and I just, right, you know. And there's like that level that I feel like is like the heartbreaking aspect of it. Because like when he was talking about like writing the comics, he's like, yeah, just like me and my friends would hang out. And it's just sort of like a story of me and my friends. Like he's just doing such a chill guy. Super relatable. Comics. And then like I made the comment of like, dude, he even like looks like Pepe. Yeah. And then like <laughs> the next scene, they're like you know, Matt kind of, like, looks like Pepe, and I was like, Jesus Christ. And so it's sort of like, like, this character's him, which is, like, the heartbreaking thing is, like, this thing that's sort of, like, his life has been turned into, like, a hate symbol, mm-hmm. you know, and has been appropriated in this way, and it's, like, it's sad to, to, like, see that happen and to see how he, like, had to deal with it, you know? 
Yeah, it's uh, quite a story. But I, 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 one one thing the movie pointed out that I think is uh, integral to knowing if you're at all into internet culture is that all memes, all online etiquette, culture, people think it comes from 4chan originally. That's wrong. It comes from uh, bodybuilding forums. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. That's yep. true, yeah. He, you know, Pepe, he, this is like back in the days of MySpace. He said in 2007 he was putting his comics up on MySpace. And somehow they gained traction, you know, like anything else would, I guess. And the 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 phrase "feels good, man" was referenced on bodybuilding forums, like as, and when they would right. be sharing, swapping stories of uh, stories. Well, what would you call it, Graham? Regimens? Well, like I, just different um, tales. No, I mean like different. Um, like it, it's a like a forum, and there's like different conversation topics, and they'd pro- post like progress photos, you know, right. like lost ten more pounds, getting getting shredded as fuck, feels good, man, sort of thing. And he said it was like it was not just a throwaway phrase because it was like a very like it was a mm-hmm. people were intentionally doing it, and then yeah. from there on, yeah, Pepe's image was tossed around, and yeah, it was on 4chan and stuff, and it was just sort of like associated with like quote unquote green text. I guess mm-hmm. stories yeah. where it's like Pepe is just sort of this relatable figure. And what I thought the documentary did really well, and I think we talked about this off mic in one of our few uh, non content. One of two. Related. We don't normally talk off mic. Right. right. Save it for the. Yeah. Uh, so th- we mentioned uh, that the subjects for the documentary were varied and like yeah. in a good way. Like they weren't just going like it wasn't partisan. It wasn't like. Like they they got you know some uh, at least a couple of fairly big fortune people. Aggie, Ag- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is pretty popular though. He is popular, know? but it's it's funny that it's like they got some big names for this documentary. Uh, Aggie, perhaps <laughs> if you're familiar. And well, yeah, I'd never heard the, of him. Who the fuck? <laughs> which like oh, uh, they only called him Mills, which I feel like was intentional because they were like. We're we gonna, don't want people like googling him. They want. They don't want to get him banned. But it's also like it was even like on this other podcast I was listening to about it. They were saying like, yeah, he was honestly like they they, they said they talked a lot with mm-hmm. him like yeah. for like days and days and hours. I said he was like really good, a sweet guy, like really nice, and like it was just clear that like he just got dulled a shit hand like a lot of people did, and a lot of people on Fortune yeah. don't really fucking. You know, I mean, don't seems, know what to do. He it, seems obnoxious to me. Oh, and but, he is. His content's obnoxious. Certainly. <laughs> but he was a good subject for the documentary. Like, even the people... Like, they had some people who were, like, really intelligent and knew what the fuck they were talking about and weren't annoying at all. Like, they were, like, good, smart people talking about it. But then they had people like Eggy or, like, some other people who were, like... Not like bad people, but just like annoying or obnoxious people, but yeah. still like were able to talk clearly and right. like um like thoroughly about the topic in a way that actually like informed the documentary right, and contributed I, to it. Right. Because it's easy, I think, for a lot of people to boil it down as to say like, uh, oh, well, it's just like all like racists and like xenophobes and just like the ne'er-do-wells of like online culture just the the basement dwellers that are like and uh, which he admits to yeah <laughs> which he lives in a basement yeah um, he's which, a very you know, open whatever man. but like the idea that they're all just like reading mein Kampf like all the time and they're just like we're gonna do it we're gonna bring back the nazi party which is like there certainly are those people 
But like when they were interviewing him, when they were interviewing Eggie, for instance, um, and he was just like, yeah, like, uh, here was we we spent all this time in our mom's basements, like just interacting with each other. And Donald Trump, like, retweets a thing that's associated with what we're doing. Like, that's it. He's the guy. And it's like this level of just like, how many people related to that where it's like, they're just jumping on the Trump train because he's like a funny candidate and they, they, he's memeing with like fucking people and shit like that. And like, he, he like grasped onto not just that, but like this level of just like this disparity where like, uh, a lot of white, 20 something year old males that lived in their mom's basement like were promised like a life and a job and a career and like you know we're we're stuck with debt and like you can easily blame minorities and you can blame like the jews and you can blame all these people for your life's problems and how it just sort of like just all coincided into like this perfect like figure of like donald trump as pepe the frog and how it just like the world made sense through that lens. And it's like, I think that that came across very well in the movie where it's just like, it's, it's, there's something here that needs to be like mind, you know? Yeah. And I think like, in, in terms of, like you said, these people who are on there, we also have, it kind of makes you wonder. It's like, yeah, we not, not that just simply sympathize with them, but also be like, well, to understand, how, yeah, you understand. Know? And also think like, why, how did these people end up this way? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like they are not just born this way, you yeah. Know, fully, it's just like, yeah. I mean, like again, that like you said, he's obnoxious, like Aggie. I'm like, yeah, I, I agree. That style of humor isn't exactly my right. personal taste. But I also don't like his attitude. He I mean, seems like he has a shitty attitude towards the world. <laughs> yeah, but like that's like kind of like, but why? Mm-hmm, you know. Right. Like, and it's like, yeah, these are people who it's like, yeah, I know it's like, oh, people are like, oh, the, you know, uh, here I go. White people, like, oh, white men have it the easiest. Yada, yada. And it's like, yes, yes, that is true. But like, man, like some people have it hard. And like, if you're just going to write them off or the simply identity politics right, right. stuff, and it's like, mm-hmm. they're going to get mad and they're going to hole up and they're going to get sad. And like, they're going to be like, yeah, people don't like me. It's like, yeah, I have, I may have like an, like the police aren't fucking shooting me. Right. Yeah. The but movie like, did the, well, it, but culture at large, this, this culture that I'm a part of, like, if you're like some person who's just depressed and it's probably from a shitty fucking system that doesn't take care of its people and you're living yeah. in a basement, like you're, there's no incentive to fucking do anything besides smoke cigarettes and play video games. It's just like you see something that like it's, this is your thing. It's Pepe and this is like, it, there it is our thing. And it's, it's like, become so, real yeah so it's like so then what he did was tap into that maybe mm-hmm. not even knowing it but how right. again he, they even interviewed his advisor who yeah. was like they knew better right um to like take advantage of these people right. yeah they they didn't go out of their way to portray channers as like to like villainize them they just kind of not unnecessarily and like there's do and undo hate with a lot of that shit where it's like yeah i mean some of the shit is egregiously awful but like it's also coming from a place where like yeah there is a certain culture that's like not understood that like maybe we just need to understand it better in order to like tap into some of this shit you know exactly i mean they would like i mean i think they would like free up so much of this culture war polarizing shit i mean yeah well, that's I mean, that's the subject. I mean, like yeah. that the movie does partially, maybe partially touch on. But I do feel not to a large extent. Yeah, yeah, that's a portion of it. I mean, like they talk to a like I thought was very interesting too is they talk to a lot of like 
how do you say meme experts or whatever right. or social media experts and these people who like track these trends and it's almost like it like that one part where like matt fury is in that room with those guys who yeah have this like, image <laughs> yeah, board and yeah. all this data is like, yeah this that was crazy been used by all these it's been used here this much on fortune this much on facebook this much it just was right. like how like how not only how do you get that data but how do you interpret it to this level and that was like something i never even thought of and i'm like right holy shit yeah, those this people is, were hardcore statisticians I mean, this is like i mean this is like language this is society mm-hmm. this is yeah. culture i mean this is like the fucking like hieroglyphics back in the day it's right. like this is how we study these things well and they did bring up like the the term meme was coined by richard dawkins that like this was sort of the, the beginning of the video was like yeah you have genes which are like genetic expressions of like how to pass thing from pass things from one species to another and then you have like memes which are like within humanity like different thoughts and it's like how come everyone from a certain place has a certain hairstyle or wears their clothes a certain way or eats these foods and it's just like those are memes and yeah it's not just a stupid funny picture you see on the internet but like it is you know like that is the expression of like this has all happened this is all like a cultural thing that has happened you know and I was like talking to somebody recently too, where I'm like, yeah, I, I like, I can't like, like just Pepe as a symbol. Like, what has become like? There has never been a meme or something like that to that extent where it's been blown out of proportion like that. And they were like, what about the the Buddhist Manji symbol? Yeah, which is like the flipped around swastika. Right. So it's like, I mean, well, there's yeah, there's a lot of. I would say that, that's like yeah. the only thing comparable to Pepe. There's probably other ones that like maybe we just don't think about too much, but those but are on like that, too, on that scale. Though, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Like yeah, I'm sure there are others, but like I mean, maybe there's something on the scale I'm forgetting. But I was really surprised by how well this documentary approached internet culture because I feel like my biggest fear with something like this would be like, oh, uh, they're gonna get people who like know like the basic stuff but don't really get like Mm. how internet culture works and like how people on the internet actually respond to things. But they did such a good job with getting, like you said, like people like Aggie and people like that who like obviously have like the inside knowledge because they are those kinds of people. But then even the people who were like the experts like seem like they weren't like coming at it from this overly academic point of view. They were people who clearly are like paying attention or they, and they had their like they had their they had one foot on the ground and then like it's it's like a lawyer who understands this stuff and then talking about matt fury's situation and being like matt just like doesn't understand the internet like, <laughs> from a legal perspective and from a moralist perspective he's completely right but just because you want to change some of this stuff like that's just not how it works and it's like it's good that they were like saying some of that which is like mm-hmm. you do have to sort of understand it a little bit in order to make some of this change happen you know that was one of my favorite parts of the documentary was like as the story unravels you kind of realize like how naive matt fury is right. and even like i said when he goes to that meeting with the social they have all the mm-hmm. image yeah. boards and stuff and they're like how do you feel about this like, like, they're oh. pretty blunt. He's like, I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's not great. He's like, yeah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> they, asked him, they asked him, like, do you feel at all responsible? And he was just like, and they're like, you know, it's it's okay if you do or you don't. Like, I'm not saying, like, you are responsible. He's saying just like, you know, like, do you feel any responsibility yeah. at all? Just like weighing upon yourself. And he's like, yeah, kind of. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
God, yeah, this uh, God, there's just like so much to unpack, and even like that one scene where they were like after Pepe was taking off, they had like spent what, how much money? Like forty three thousand dollars. It was on, like, a lot of merchandise, money. and it's all sitting in a garage because like they they can't sell it. And so it, yeah, we got delisted and everything off. Like you can't sell that hate symbol, and they don't want to sell it because they just don't want it out. That there also in the world. true. Yeah, yeah, true. What like a you fucking, have an obligation to God. not release that. It's yeah. It's so. It's just like I. I that's like all this. St- all these incidents in, that are highlighted in the, in the documentary yeah. just emphasize how much of a weird, unique situation this is. Yeah. You know, and that's that's like sort of going back to like what we started talking about, which is like. I knew like the beats of the story, but like I didn't know that. Like same, the TV, uh, the the t-shirts and stuff like that. Like the level to which some of this stuff happened. You know, like I thought it was interesting that they managed to get the guy who was like the meme guy from the like Trump's 2016 presidential campaign, right? And this guy is like clearly super smart and like gets how to manipulate that kind of stuff. And he admits to it. <laughs> yeah, he's too, like super unashamed about it. Like, seems like a smug piece of shit. Like, I mean, I, I think this guy's probably like evil because like he knows exactly what he's fucking there's doing a, and a he doesn't of care. Detachment. There's a level of detachment yeah. where he's just like, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to like voter statistics, he's like, I know more than anybody in like Capitol Hill, which is like in and of itself, like a terrifying prospect, but like he's using it to a certain ends, which is just like, we're going to use this data. No, it's like, um, it's like in the movie, uh, Nightcrawler, which uh, we haven't mm. talked about, but like I would like to Great review. Uh, I just rewatched it recently. I just so. watched it for the first time, but that oh, level wow. of just like we have the footage, we have to play it, sort of thing. And they're like, "Well, mm-hmm. what about this?" And they're like, "Fuck that! We have to put this on TV. We have to get like number one rating slot." Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's like we have to have this guy win. We have the data. We're going to use it, sort of thing. You know? Yep. Yeah, definitely the most obnoxious person that they put in was that fucking dude who spent all that money on the rare because what there's there's the pepe cryptocurrency there were literal nazis (laughs) on the tv and i was like yeah they're nazis whatever and they put that guy on the screen and i was just like screaming about it i'm like fuck that guy this guy's rich this guy expensive car this guy like demanded that they film him presenting himself driving his fucking like lamborghini or whatever on like up to like a fucking cliff his own parody version of the pokemon song which was rare pepe that's gonna be you one day that was Lamborghini with unbelievable. I would kill myself if I was that rich and that much of a douchebag. He's just bragging about how he spent all of this cryptocurrency on the rarest Pepe. Like they're what they're like collector cards. It was like Homer it's like the most Pepe meaning, Pokemon card. It's the most it meaningless, a, stupid shit. But they had real auctions yeah. for these things, and he's well, spent it's like, like Bitcoin, but for pictures, I guess. It's, I. It's like the lamest version of memes you can possibly imagine. And this guy Having thinks a rare Pepe makes you alpha. Shut the fuck up. I will murder you. This guy thinks Minecraft. he's participating in meme culture, but really he's just like he is a fucking meme. <laughs> like yeah. he's like just the a- Elon Musk of the movie. Like I I know Twitter and it's like shut the fuck up. You don't know Twitter. You don't like anime. But yeah, that fucking him singing along with his own fucking parody of the Pokemon theme song where he has written entirely new lyrics to it about his rare Pepe card that he bought. 
It was just this level of like, oh my god, like how does this person exist? That that just (laughs) goes that goes to show about what what Kevin's talking about, like the political nature of like us being able to reach some of these people is that some of these like basement dwelling Nazis. I feel like we could get them back to our side. <laughs> Those people, the fucking rich one percenters right. that are spending this money on these fucking rare Pepe cards, <laughs> we can never reach them. This They're is gone. the class warfare. No. We we need to they reappropriate need to the Nazis the back into in, in Minecraft. the political paradigm. And we need to take all of these basement dwellers. Say, hey, w- there's space for you on this side of the aisle. We need you back here. We because these people cannot exist. This man <laughs> cannot fucking exist. He can't just fucking be out there doing what he's doing. Oh man! But yeah, to bring it back to the nice elements of the movie, like this, I love this main guy. This guy, the artist, he's just super. Couldn't have happened relatable. to like a nicer person, you know. And his journey is really great. I really like that the movie actually got to have second. some good, like, conclusion. It's, it's fine. It's still okay. going. It does that. I don't know uh, why. I just would cut that part out when I said that. Go back to Josh's thought. <laughs> it's a nice conclusion. Yeah, the movie built to, like, a nice conclusion where, like, you had the lawsuits and they were successful. Right. I loved when they showed, like, the depositions yeah, for the de- him. And he's, yeah. like, this lawyer's trying to, like, fucking gotcha him. And he's just, like, yeah. Like, he's just responding to everything, like... Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, think- I, when I was six years old, I fucking <laughs> drew my version of a fictional character. Are you trying to say that that's copyright infringement? Right, like, yeah. are you an idiot? I like, you're a lawyer? Like, like, character growth for him in a way. You know, yeah. it's like the, he, Matt Fury has learned from all this, and this is sort of him, like, standing up for himself for yeah. like the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And like, he's just like knowledge and everything now. And like, like winning even- too. Like, yeah, yeah, it was cool to see, like, yeah, he's been filing all these lawsuits and, uh, when the uh, the Infowars thing happened and he's like, they say that it's not a lot of money, but he's like, this is more money than I've made drawing the fucking mm-hmm. comics that made me famous. So, like, I'll take it. Like, fuck it. And, yeah. The, the, the Alex Jones portion of, like, Alex Jones's deposition also was just like, oh, right. you think that this guy's, like, this charismatic, like, oh, he's Alex Jones, whatever. But it's like, he came off looking like the biggest fucking buffoon. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's part of the brand, but this was, like, out of character buffoonery like the, it's just like no he's like fucking stupider than you would have thought possible he's not this like Svengali of like oh I understand the the fucking what makes me a, a, a likable person within this realm of the internet it's just like no you're a fucking lunatic you're an insane piece of shit I so the movie got sort of sad where because he tries to the artist tries to launch this whole campaign to like right. rehabilitate Pepe and it doesn't go anywhere like right. nothing happens it just completely fails but Back then there fires too yeah. yeah but then there is this really nice thing at the end where they show how like um the Hong Kong protesters right. uh like embraced Pepe as like a mascot yeah, that was cool mm-hmm. yeah. it's very like weird like inexplicable and random but like that must have felt good yeah, like yeah. for him to see that and it's like it's it's a different culture so they don't have mm-hmm. the same weird like you know cultural right. shit that we have to deal with they're just like yeah he's a cute frog i like looking at him yeah yeah they're yeah. like I, I, I like how he looks sad yeah <laughs> <laughs> like me <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I that was a, a great ending despite the fact that uh hong kong has now been reabsorbed by mainland uh, china and all of those protests yeah. mattered not much like most of the protests here probably won't matter well hopefully hopefully like the sense of solidarity that like all the you know the common people came together and all like 
care about this shit. Like, hopefully that at least provides some kind of, like, sense of, like, not complete hopelessness of, like, at least there are all these, like, normal people who will stand up for what's right, even if it doesn't, like... Yeah, well, those normal people no, can't out. watch Winnie the Pooh in their own home anymore, so <laughs> I don't... Some of this stuff only goes so far. Uh, any final thoughts on Feels Good Man? I mean, I I thought it was, like, a good documentary. It's, like, the type of thing that when people are like, oh, I'm really into documentaries, and it's just like, what do you want? Like, Tiger King is, like, your fucking... Th- like, that shit fucking blows... This was, like, genuinely good, and it's, like, you learned something from it, and it was, like, genuinely entertaining, and it was, like, a solid story to follow, and, like, Matt Fury's obviously a very likable guy, and, like, weirdly charismatic in his own sort of way, and it's just one of those things where it's, like, yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed watching it, you know? Yeah, I, and I feel like it was, like, very on-brand for us. I was, like, we had... Oh, yeah, I'm like, sure, I, yeah. I saw it was coming out. I'm, like, we gotta watch this yeah. for Fire Bros. And uh, I don't think you said you saw it. And I don't know... If- I, I don't know if we'll ever get to reviewing it or not, but it was a good companion piece to another documentary, uh, TFW No GF. I haven't seen it, but I'd be willing to watch it. That like touches a lot more yeah. on the uh, 4chan people. Like, yeah, they all they want to do is, like I said, smoke cigarettes and play video games. And mm-hmm. why the fuck do you think that is? You know, um, I'd, be, I'd be willing to do that for the next one. Yeah, I mean, I. I I have already seen it, but if uh, if you, I mean, I, it's fresh in my head still. So, yeah. regardless, uh, I know I, I, I don't want to say shelf because it's confusing. Car, let's say okay, I think library. No, there's library shelf. There's, well, there's the shelves in the library, right? <laughs> there's like, <laughs> so there's top shelf, medium shelf, bottom shelf, library, and there's a cart. Yeah, the, that's like, what we used to call it. The cart. Yeah. yeah. No, the shelf. There's three shelves in the library. Well, if yeah, you want. because it's so so. It's like when you go to a bar and it's like you order a top shelf whiskey. Right. And you're just like, give me whatever's bottom shelf. Like, there's tiers. Yeah. To, okay. to the shelves that are in the library, but also like the library cart is when you're walking around and you like grab a book and you're like, actually, I don't want this. So you put it on that <laughs> cart and then the librarian like takes it back into circulation. <laughs> this so is that's, such a <laughs> that's when we can't decide is we put it on the cart. And when we're like, eh, if it's, I guess I like that. I want to put it on the cart. We put it on the bottom shelf of the library. In all reality, it would make more sense if we just scored things on a one to five scale. Yeah. Instead of but this like, of, but it has to the, be, yeah, yeah it has nah, to be the Fahrenheit 451. Yeah, it's not in coordination with the theming. Yeah. <laughs> So you're, you're the just, whole point is, you've got do we soldiers burn it or do in we the, not burn it. It's yeah. either it's either it's so terrible that it shouldn't exist, or like whatever. It's either watchable or it's like <laughs> our favorite thing. I say it's a, for me, it's a favorite thing. Put it in the library. I, I, I say like right up library. in that top shelf with Better Call Saul season five. <laughs> yeah, I would say top or middle shelf. I'd say middle shelf. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it library at the very least. Not burn, not cart. It was good. I, I thought it, it was really good. I would even recommend this to people who like. Oh, don't absolutely. know that much about internet culture and like i, was, I think yeah. they explain it yeah. super well right. and and it's also an interesting look at like how it played into like trump becoming president right. like there's to a, a very extent, yeah. there's a very relevant political aspect to it right. that i think most people would be able to appreciate i think i think if more people understood that they might sort of under like the cultural war quote-unquote like aspect of politics i think that they would sort of like get it a little bit more Mm -hmm. you know that like yeah there are these things and there are these people out here that are empowered by some of this stuff and like what are we going to do about it you know sort of thing yeah other than just complain and like 
lose another election and complain yeah. some more and then lose another election like what are what are we going to do to what are we going to do about it how are you going to adapt to this you know yeah because right. these people who just want to like sow chaos they're you know they're misguided and kind of pathetic but they're not going anywhere and but they, they also are exist for a reason because, yeah they're like, an outcome of society for people have gotten worse and worse and like especially with the the fucking quarantine it's like what uh more people more like people our age live at home with their parents than did before the great depression which is horrifying to think about like we're not in a good place right now and when you see all the rioting that's happening it's like riots don't happen in places where fucking like material conditions are good because what is there to riot over it's like shit's bad and this is what happens as a result of shit being bad is we have these like stupid culture skirmishes over things that don't matter is they just like chip away at your fucking like financial freedoms and shit like that you know just your watch Joker, man. You'll yourself. get it. <laughs> <laughs> or better yet, listen to the episode of Fire Bros where we talk about Joker. <laughs> uh, if you're listening to this, you have access. Go find it. Yeah, I don't think I've, I listen. need to listen to that one. You should. Maybe I will. Uh, I don't care. So yeah, well, I think that just about wraps up the episode. Yeah. Uh, thanks everybody for donating on Patreon. Uh, helps. You know, it, I would say, I want to say, like, yeah, it helps us out a lot financially, but it also helps us out a lot emotionally i would say because it's like you know you want to feel like it's all for something well and i i was thinking about this uh like reading people's reactions to the video we just released earlier and uh when people are like oh this part genuinely made me laugh out loud yeah. it's like the 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 idea that like we're making content that people are actually one listening to and two like attaching themselves to and three like have like genuine emotional responses to whether that's laughter or whatever is just like oh i'm actually doing a thing that's good and not just like something where someone's like oh yeah i'll ch- i'll check out your video and they like never watch it mm-hmm. sort of thing and that you know? you know that um that when this on-screen text comes out like during the, the i was like you know something had to like break it up and he right. he actually sent me that verbatim he's like what if he dm me he's like what if you said like da 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 and i just like copied and pasted what he said in the video <laughs> uh-huh. yeah that, that was funny and like i had like thing. several like my uh my parents watched it and my dad was like i really liked when the on-screen text came on during that part right right yeah like, you know and i was like thinking like i was almost like worried that that bit like I think it was clear what what it was, mm-hmm, and it was funny yeah. even without it. But then when I put it in there, it added to because it. it was like the guy was kind of rambling, you know, about the prince. Yeah, I'm like I was like right. kind of like I'm like I'm like do I have to like cut this down? Like that'd be awkward like, to cut it down even more. Right. But then I was like, if I put that text in there, I wouldn't have to. It would kind of make a joke where it's like right. you're reading this, and the guy's like rambling about this prince right, shop, and right, it's like yeah. yeah. I mean, that whole thing yeah. was your joke. Like you had that whole idea of the let's do the like socially distanced thing right, and right. make it kind of yeah. ridiculous. And I was just like, but that helped. If you like, put yeah. this in, maybe that like it, yeah. even like let's uh, not forget my joke, which it. was a joke that apparently a lot of people didn't understand, the which is walking thing? around with pocket spaghetti and then dropping it on the ground. It, <laughs> it seemed, seemed like, like enough it people like got people it. Knew what it was, and we, him and I didn't know. But they, exactly. I, I well, still thought it was really funny. Most people knew what it was. It seemed like <laughs> I don't know if they did or not. I no. know that you two didn't, and like when I'm creating things, I'm just well, like, I, talk, well, listen, well, let, I care about the people. Let Grant that I'm know, okay? With. Yeah, no, I talked to my girlfriend <laughs> about it. And she's like, like, how did you not know what that was? Yeah, I, I <laughs> so, keep wondering. That. I, I was like, I, I just, I don't, I maybe that was just like, an, uh, I, there was like a few years I was like not really on the internet. And I think it was like the late 2000s and early 2010s. I was like very off, and I want to say that was like from that era of culture, perhaps. I don't know, but. uh Anyway, go watch the video. Yeah. <laughs> was it you said that 
told you that they liked the text? Who was that? My dad. Your dad? Yeah. Thanks, Kevin's dad. <laughs> I don't know if he's a Patreon. I don't think he is. Oh. Um, why don't you? Why don't you give some money to your your son, Kevin's dad? Come on. Yeah, not as if I owe him enough. <laughs> we all do. We all. Yeah. Oh, your dad, money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he's kind of what I mean. He's, he's like, yeah, it's funny, but also like tell Josh, you know, he was, owes us a substantial amount of money. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean. I don't know. I guess I was just trying to say thank you. So, <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. See ya. Thanks for having Goodbye. me on. Right. Oh, thanks for coming on. Actually, can I? Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, Josh. Yeah, go ahead and you gotta go. Go. Yeah, for go it. ahead. Plug your plug yeah, right absolutely. Now, yeah. yeah, we all have to. What do you think? I have any sort of professional Josh, before we let you go, uh, you've been working on a podcast of your own. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for asking. So organic. (laughs) Um, I am doing this silly podcast with a few of my friends called Untwisted, where it's two of my friends from Australia and then another American friend. And it's this kid's show called Round the Twist that the two Australian people watch when they were a kid and have a bunch of nostalgia for. And they're rewatching it. And me and my other friend from America are watching it for the first time. And we just talk about each episode. And it's a super weird, like, off-the-walls kid's show from, like, the late 80s, early 90s it, with some, like, really weird off-color shit in it. And... It's fun to talk about. I mean, it's pretty silly, and if you want to check it out, it's called Untwisted. And that's uh, where can we find it? Uh, it's on everything. It's like anywhere on, where podcasts are found. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even I think we're putting them on YouTube, but they're also on like Stitcher, Apple, cool, Spotify. Yeah, I mean, uh, you should be plugging in the Discord too. I, I've put it in the the shill yourself. Oh, I have chat a couple I had of times muted because that one <laughs> that one Johan guy wouldn't shut up. Uh, but he yeah. stopped. He hasn't posted <laughs> in there in a while. But yeah, I'm still Someone not on shut Twitter. Him down really good. I think or- Orgridon shut him down really good, and he shut the fuck up. After that. <laughs> God, I, I never forget when he was like, uh, he left that like probably the worst voicemail in Thought Cops history. <laughs> that was Alex was on that episode, and he was like, "What the fuck was oh, that?" Yeah, and like. Yeah, I even had, like, someone text me. He's like, dude, I was listening to the episode. What was that awful voicemail at the end? Like, it was that bad. <laughs> and, like, then he, like, we put the episode up, and he was like, yeah, I guess they forgot to credit me in the episode description. It's like, dude, like... <laughs> it was terrible, man. Like, also, like, you left a voicemail. We don't, right. like, we don't credit the people we like who leave good ones. Right. <laughs> yeah, thanks to our friend, uh... Well, I, okay, I won't say people's names, but uh, th- thanks to our friend V, who uh, left a voicemail. Uh, check him out at uh, your local Jewel Osco. Yeah, right? He he wants to plug his deli fucking fuck meat this, or whatever man. the fuck. Anyway, thanks uh, for listening. Wow, that if took a brutal if, turn. <laughs> if you're listening, you're not one of those people, so rest assured. You're one of the good ones. Right. <laughs> anyway, let's end this episode yeah. for, I think, the third time. Yeah, it's like one of the rings. <laughs> Bye.